Christ, you people suck. <laughs> wow. Wolverine wanted to be a Part of the week of Info-G Radio, episode 491 for October 9th, 2017. This is it, boys. This is it. It starts this week. Big AAA releases coming out this week. The Fall Rush is officially underway. With us this week, we have Drew. Hello. Hello, Drew. And we have Jay. Bonjour, now. Uh, I know joining us shortly will be John. Don't know about Ryan. Tell you what, these guys don't give me a heads up. It's like spur nope. of the moment crap. Nope. I can always count on Drew and Jay, though. Sometimes for me. Sometimes for Drew. Mm. You know, he's... I was about to correct you, but... You know, I, I was trying to be so nice because nice. he was here. Shh, be quiet. Oh, you're right, you're right. Positive reinforcement. We can't, Good idea, man. Ken. We can only talk about him when he's not here. Mm. Yes, yes. <laughs> you go right ahead. I do. Drew, you don't, you don't listen to the show when you're not here, right? Of course I do. And yeah. I hear everything you fucking say. He listens. No, you, you don't. He really he does don't. listen. He's he's listened for years. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe you. I, don't I, believe I even you. used to listen when I was on it, and then I stopped doing that. That's because I was like, ah, I was like, wait, I remember all of this. I was there. I yeah. was there. But I, would, I, I would listen to yeah, I would listen to some of the podcasts. Like I want to, I want to see what uh, Drew had for the music of the the Danganronpa Phoenix Down we did recently. Because I forgot to tell him that he should use this music. Or whatever for the beginning, and so I listened to it, and then I listened a little bit more, and I was like, "Wait, I was here three days ago. I don't have to listen to this." Yes, again. Yeah, I have to listen to these guys talk again. <laughs> Stupid bitches. I know. I don't like the sound of my voice that much. Video <laughs> games. We're playing them. Drew, you're playing video games, right? I am. What are you? You playing anything good? Yeah, I don't know if I'm talking about it though. Which 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 one? A Hat in Time. Yeah, it's out. Yeah. Came out Friday. It came out, yeah. Okay, that game's out. Cool. Uh, that is an interesting little title. I keep seeing it, tweets about it, and I want to play it, but I'm waiting on the console versions. So, mm. is it, When's that supposed to hit? They just said fall. And I'm like, it's fall! Put it out! It is fall. Uh, but yeah, I'm playing on the PC. Um, it's good. It's it's basically Mario 64. I love so it. it's not it's not good. Uh, mediocre, overrated, doesn't control well, kind of thing. Okay, I get you. You know what? Mm-hmm. I, I, get off the show. Hey man, you know <laughs> you, you talk shit about Shamu and the Last Guardian constantly. I gotta have my own stick too. Yeah, but the difference is, is Mario actually sells and people like it. That's the difference. Yeah, so, so selling is is the is the marquee point that we're going for here. Is that the at the market quality usually signifies a pretty good game that more people buy it. Mm. So that's oh, also it also Mario sixty four appears on you know many many uh, best of ever 
video game lists? I don't believe hey, I've man. ever seen Shin People are free to be wrong about their opinions. You know, it's just fine. We all have different tastes. Some tastes are not as good as others. It's That's true. That's some some life, people you know? like Shin Moo. I, I actually don't even like Shin Moo that I much. I know. That's what's funny about it. it. You don't even yeah. like the game. Come on. Yeah. Talk about Hat in Time because I like Mario 64 because it's an awesome game. Yeah, let's hear it. So it's, I mean, it's a platformer. Um, uh, the attacks are a little strange. So uh, he plays this girl who um, her her stick is she wears different hats, and so each hat Mario gives her. Odyssey. Uh, sure, um, she has different abilities depending on the hat. Um, I would say it's kind of like uh, Castle of Illusion from with Mickey Mouse, oh, you know, where he, he put on the hats. David Jaffe joint. That's right, um, but yeah. Um, uh, you know, you can collect things in the world. So, uh, to begin with, you go to one world. It's Mafia Town, I think is what it's called. And there's a bunch of... Uh, costumes? Yeah, there's a bunch of costumes running around. Uh, no, there's a bunch of uh, mobsters running around. Um, and that's that's kind of like the enemy. Um, and it's basically, you have a mission. So this is the, you're trying to collect uh, hourglasses because that's what fuels her spaceship. That's what happens. Her spaceship gets marooned on this planet, and uh, in order to get get it running again, you have to collect these hourglasses. And so uh, you will collect you you have an hourglass to collect, and it's somewhere on this stage. And you know you'll get a different mission for a different hourglass, but it's still in the same stage maybe just a different part of it, or you have to do something different. Um, some of them re- you know, require beating a boss. Some of them require just some platforming or uh, puzzle solving. Uh, you can collect different pieces of yarn and then create your a new hat. Uh, so I've got a hat where she sprints really fast. I've got a hat that um, allows her to throw like these bombs. It's like, it's like a witch's hat, so she creates like a witch's brew that she can throw and blow up guys. Uh, so there's all these different types of hats. Um, you don't jump on guys' heads. Uh, you hit them with an umbrella and stun them, and then you jump into the air, and she does like a dive attack that then finishes the guy off. Um, but it's interesting. It's uh, it's very colorful, very very cartoony. Um, something that I think kids could uh, play. Although there has been some, I would say, adult humor. Because there's a sidekick character that you run into, and she's got this big plan. What we could do is we could kill all the mafia guys and bash their bodies into goo and then sell the goo on the black market or some shit like that. And I was like, damn, that's kind of morbid. And they actually showed, like, a jar of blood and shit. <laughs> and I was like, is this for kids? I can't tell. Um, but it's, you know, it's it's actually a really fun game. The, the controls are, are pretty tight. Um, and it has like the classic Mario stuff. Like you can walk on tight ropes and jump higher to different places. Um, and it's, yeah, it's in, once you get enough hourglasses, you open up a new area that you can go to. I mean, it's, it's straight up Mario. So uh, who made this game, by the way, it's made by gears for breakfast. That's a great name. I want to yeah. say it was kickstarted. It was kickstarted. Uh, okay. Um, uh-huh. also, how dare you play this game, Drew? Why? Because John Tron does a voice in it. How dare you? Okay. How dare you? John Tron, the YouTuber? Yes. Is that bad? You 
You don't remember the controversy? He's he's extremely racist. Is I I did not know. He they removed him from ukulele. That was a big controversy. Oh, was that him? Yeah, he played a toilet in oh. ukulele, and they took him out. I, I I I wouldn't know John Tron's voice if I heard it in this game. Yeah, I, I honestly. I, I'm I'm being facetious about it. It's, it's so dumb. But I people actually I, boycotting this game. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. They're not playing the game because his he does a voice in it. And okay. Truth of the matter is, is I'm pretty sure that he paid the Kickstarter fee to be a voice in it. That's why he's a voice in it. Oh, okay. So funny. I don't know. I he's a he's a shitty human being. Uh huh. But I'm not gonna not play a game. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's not gonna get richer because we play this game, right? That's the point. No, he got poorer because he paid to be in the game. Yeah, but in ukulele, <laughs> I, I think, did he also pay to be a voice actor, or what were they paying him? I do not know the story behind that one. I just know they took him out. Okay. So. But, I mean, if it's the case that, like, he just kind of paid to be there, and then you buy the you buy the game, and he gets no, like, royalties or nothing out of it, I don't see the point of boycotting the game for that reason. I don't know. That we seems live, odd. We live in a weird video game world. Mm. I, I just, you know... I will play, I will play this game when it comes out on Xbox. I have never paid attention to John Tron. No, so, I, I watch Game Grumps, but I didn't start watching him until after he left. I didn't even know he was part of Game Grumps until you told me, yeah. and that was after he had already left too. Because yeah. I was like, "Oh, Danny wasn't there the entire time." No, it started with John and Aaron. I, so what does John Tron do now? He did. He has his own YouTube channel. Oh. Okay. Called the John Tron Show or something. I don't. I've never watched it. I, I never he thought think, it was funny. So, did he get like too big for his britches and says "fuck Game Grumps"? I'm gonna do my own thing. I don't remember exactly what happened with that. I know he just decided to do his own thing. Uh, apparently, they were still cool. Okay. I know the Game Grumps audience hated it at first. Like they did not like Danny until they realized he was super funny. I was about to say, Danny's like the funniest fucking thing about that show. He is. Like, he's made that show a hell of a lot better. <laughs> I don't get it. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah, I don't know anything about John Tron. So. I'm sure there's a video explaining the history of John Tron and the Game Grumps out there somewhere, if you're really oh, interested. Oh, yeah, enough. yeah. Um, I'm not. So. I, I don't give a shit. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I think I stumbled across the tweets that he made, and yeah, he's a pretty shitty person. No. It's like my aren't, my aren't son we and I, well my son and I had a conversation like in the car yesterday coming home. He's like, "Who invented Minecraft?" And I had to go into the conversation. I'm like, "It's made by a company called Mojang. The guy that made it, you don't need to know because he's a bad person." <laughs> Not just a bad person. You oh oh yeah he's uh is he, is he racist? He's yeah he's sexist. He's ra- he's a real nasty person. Okay. Mm. Uh, yeah, Twitter, I don't follow these people, but I certainly see some of the people that I respect talk about these people, and I'm just like, I, truthfully, if people are that, I just don't care. Like, I just ignore them. I've never seen anything with John Tron in it. So. I saw I saw the tweets. They're they're pretty nasty. I mean, well, my thing is, is that I've I've never supported the person because I've never seen him in anything. Oh yeah, no, I the th- you know. nothing he's ever done is really. Interested me. I like. Game it's the, it's the same way with PewDiePie. I've watched probably the first probably two minutes of every episode, or not every episode, but some of his episodes, and I'm like, this is bad. Bye. I I yeah. thought some of his early stuff was funny, uh, but the more I watch it, the more I didn't like it. And truthfully, I just don't even bother anymore. 
Yeah. I, I think these YouTubers and these people of like influence are worth talking about because of the large audience that they have. So they have a lot of pull in the community. So if we're okay with the things that they say and they're not chastised for being like shitty human beings and doing a lot of bad things, then it sends a signal that it is okay to say and do those things that they are doing. So I understand why people get in arms about it. It's just to us personally, there's enough like stuff going in our personal lives that we have to care about that we don't care too much about the people that's kind of you know on the far side. That's I under, we understand that they're popular and they have some influence and they they need to be kept in check because of that fact. It's kind of like how when uh, like uh, these uh, sports athletes and stuff like that really start acting out, the commissioner of that particular sport has to calm down on them and show them as role models that that kind of behavior is not not acceptable right so yeah that's good you know that we you know we kind of uh, take these people and then put them to their place when they need to be but i don't think it's our job it's not it's not my job personally no, so i don't no. care enough to do it the, 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 the shitty things they do they're shitty things and if i see them then i will say they are shitty things <laughs> yeah but i, I in my day to day life, I, I'm not. It does not affect me. Yeah. You know what? What he said. Okay, he's a bad person. Okay, I'm moving on. So. Yeah. So I had in time is a horrible game. I'm gonna okay. buy it. Makes sense. It is <clighs> because Don, John Tron. I'm, I'm on, I, how I, much is the who game? I have. I, I think it's nineteen ninety nine. I'll sure. check real quick on Steam. Uh, yeah, they haven't yeah, even yeah. put it up on. Uh, PSN and Xbox. It's twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. But there's definitely some uh, some quality in that game. I'm very much certain. looking forward to playing it. Like I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday. I was like, you know, the the beginning of the year kind of had that uh, platformer renaissance, and then the end mm-hmm. of the year is having it again. With uh, uh, Hat and Time looks really good. Mario Odyssey, of course. I'm interested in Lucky's Tale on the Xbox One because I played it on Oculus. I enjoyed it. Um, uh, but what, like you said, would Mario Odyssey only a few weeks away? W- are you really interested in playing another platformer, like right yeah, now? No, absolutely. Well, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I I like playing multiple games. I mean, obviously, Mario Odyssey is probably going to be the pinnacle of platforming mm-hmm. games this year by far. I I don't have a question of that, but just because something's the best doesn't mean that other things aren't good. So. Oh no, no, I I completely agree with you there. But my point is that sometimes I feel like, let's say, if um. I'm kind of prepping myself for, like, Wolfenstein, like, later this year, right? And I personally don't like playing a lot of single-player first-person shooters. I get I get kind of, like, I don't know, I get worn out, you know, just kind of pointing and shooting at things. I understand that the games are different, they have their own flair. But when you're playing the same game from the same genre, back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, which is something that we had to do back in the FPS you know, boom, when basically every game that was coming out was uh, an FPS like I, I feel like if I want to really enjoy a game, I don't want to play a game of that genre right before I, w- I go into that one. Like for example, I haven't played a lot of third-person shooters because I'm excited for, uh, you know, Evil Within. I don't, I didn't want. I thought about maybe playing through the DLC of Evil Within because I haven't played that yet. But I thought to myself, like, no, if I if I start playing that, then I'll get you know maybe tired out, maybe I'll get oversaturated with some some mechanics that I'm not really fond of. So that's kind of the feeling that I have. I don't want to play hatched. Because uh, uh, um, was it Hat in Time, right? Yeah, yeah. that's the game. Okay, I don't want to play that because I don't like these platforming games too much in the first place. So to play one game and then go to Mario Odyssey, which I'm definitely gonna play later, you know, later this month, it just seems like a bad idea to me personally. You don't, you guys don't feel that way at all? 
it it depends. Um, I guess, yeah. I I I totally understand the fatigue thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but there are some things that I don't really get fatigued on. Mm-hmm. Okay. So gotcha. FPSs, I definitely get fatigued on. But tr- truth be told, I God, I don't remember the last one I played a lot of. It was probably Prey. Prey. Really? Probably, oh. probably Destiny. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, game. Destiny. <laughs> Uh, I don't really, I, I don't know. Destiny is just, eh. I, Destiny like, is a first person shooter. I've already forgot about that yes. game. Like, God, I just don't care about that game anymore. Yeah. I, I did know. play Destiny too. Yeah, it's, I played through the story and then I like it was like a cliff. Like as soon as I finished the story, I was like done. Just don't want to play. To the, I'm to that point now too. Yeah. Well, the, the the content available to us is the only only thing that's left for us to do is the raid, and that's just hard to get like off running with the people that you know. Yeah, I EB, didn't even, I didn't even do the the weekly and post game stuff. Like I literally finished the story and then not played again since. The story Honestly. wasn't even that good in the first place. I know. No, no, but it it I don't I think I'm just more of a I, I feel accomplishment. In a single uh, player, or like a like a story yeah. based game, like once this once the credits you know quote unquote roll, I, I just kind of feel done. The uh, the what what got me and Drew and a lot of other players in Destiny was the urge to make that number go up, right? That that loot factor, trying to get uh, some interesting new weapons and try out new builds. That's what hooked us in Destiny too. The story mode was nice to have, but it was more of an afterthought. But I think I'm personally at this point where. The loot that I can get and the upgrades that I can make the make to my character are so insignificant yeah. that the only reason why I would continue to play is to see the new content, which would be the raid. And the raid is is you know it's not an easy thing to get you know because we're at an age where we can't get like six people together consistently to do something for several hours at a time. And the thought of pugging it, well, it should be pretty easy because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be the weak link of any raid group. It's not just gonna happen. But at the same time, playing with other people that I don't know just takes a lot of the enjoyment out. You know, you don't you don't get to really celebrate in your uh, victories as much as like uh, you know doing it with uh, Drew, like Logan, and the other people. We had a good time. I mean, sure, it took us many attempts to do certain aspects of the raid, but when we did it, it felt great. You know, yeah. and that's the that's the kind of feeling that I'm trying to go for, and that's that's hard to attain right now. Yeah, the issue with Destiny Two, and uh, I actually said it. My, my, me and my friend were talking at work about it because he's a big Destiny player. Destiny one, ha- Destiny one and two both have loot problems. Destiny one had a loot problem because you never got anything to drop. Destiny two has tons of loot that drops, but none of it really matters. Yeah. And the reason why is because there's not that much loot in that game. You know, when you sit back and think about it, how many times have I got the same dupes? That's because, well, you've got maybe 18 different types of exotics to chase after, and mm-hmm. I've probably got 15 of them. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's the problem of, you know, the, we want the, this to be Diablo, and it's not Diablo. Yeah, the problem, I think, with Destiny is it's designed not to be played a bunch, even though people play it a bunch. Yeah. Like, if you went into it once a week... You would probably really enjoy the loot drops. Well, that's that's the thing. Is like you've only. I'm to the point now where the only time I should really play is during reset. Yeah. And and that's whenever you get the best loot. You know. So. But they, but they design the game to want to keep you playing like every day. But there's just not enough. There's not yeah. enough reward there to play it every day. Exactly. 
And how many months are we away from the first like big content patch? December. Uh, they say in December should be the first DLC. Yeah, for December will be the first. Ex- two months away. Yeah, the first expansion, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's rough because they they have this idea that uh, you know, it's supposed to be a light MMO, right? And MMOs are supposed supposed to be kind of played every day, you know, to kind of build up your character. If you play games like Guild Wars or World of Warcraft, those games with their you know monthly subscription, well, not with Guild Wars, but with the WoW and sp- specific, they justify the monthly subscription because they have the ridiculous amount of content, the ways of kind of like leveling up your characters in meaningful ways and trying out new builds. But Destiny just doesn't have that, and it feels like a lot of the 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 good you know the nice aspects of Destiny One that kind of came over time was stripped away from Destiny Two. A lot of the crazy modifiers from the weapons that really made like marquee builds for certain archetypes have been removed, um, and they kind of they kind of all feel the same. You get an assault rifle, right? And outside of like the best like two three, the rest of them just feel completely worthless. And that, we're talking like over you know like two dozens assault rifles, and they all suck. So there's no reason to ever use these. There's they're not better in certain situations. They're just they just are bad in yeah. general. So whenever you get them, they're they're completely you know just you just press down the square button and you dismantle it and you just move on with your life. And that's not how you feel. Feel when a legendary engram, when an exotic drops, it should be something meaningful. It should be something that you should be excited to get. And it certainly doesn't feel that way after uh, like a decent amount of time. But at the same time, we also have to remember that this is a sixty dollar game. Doesn't have a monthly subscription, right? So the fact that we got, I'm not sure about how many hours you put into the game, Drew, but I put probably something like 80 or 90 hours into it. I'm so sure a lot I put of that hours. much into it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So because of that, like, yeah, it has definitely been worth it. It was very addictive for a time, but I feel like I'm kind of ready to move on. Like next, uh, when this reset happens, I'll be at the uh, the maximum light level of 315. And at that point, there's nothing I can do to that character that will make him really stronger. Like literally nothing that I can do until the next patch that comes out. And that, that's demoralizing because that's two week, two months away. So am I going to buy the season pass and just sit on my ass and then maybe you know, throw this game back on later? I don't know. That's, that just seems weird to me as well. So uh, it, it, it's, it's a fine game. I enjoy my time with it, but I'm also ready to move on at this point. Yeah, I feel like before I hang it up for real, I do want to at least finish the raid. I, I do too. There's something I have not beaten that game. So, you know. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. Do you play anything else? Yeah, I uh, played Danganronpa V3. Hell yeah, you did. That's a different a show, Drew. It's true, <laughs> but I can still mention it. Nah, that's fine. Yes, you can. Uh, how yeah. far have you gotten so far, Drew? I am uh, Daily Life Chapter 3. Uh, the, a murder has not happened yet. Uh, so you finished Chapter 2, huh? I did, yes. <laughs> uh, we're going to have a good time recording next week. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited for it, but... Uh, yeah, I played that. Um, Mystic Bell. Yeah, I, you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna preface this. I booted that game up. Yep. Could not figure out how to get out of the room with three witches. Turned it off. <laughs> I went both ways. The one lady's like, "You need a hall pass." You go the other way. It's just a door. I'm like, "All right, I don't have time for this right now." Hall pass is an apple. You got to give it to her. And do you have an apple? You should have one in your inventory. Oh, cool. That glad the game explained that to me in the first fucking room. Yeah. So, Mystic Bell, I feel like... Has anybody... I, I think more Europe, uh, like European, uh, England, stuff like that played this this game. It's called Dizzy. D 
Dizzy's Adventure or something like I that? I know the name. I don't think I ever played it. Okay. I reviewed a game called Spud's Quest uh, Spud's a few Quest. years ago. Yeah, a few years ago. And um, I didn't know this, but I had to. it was kind of like an indie-made game. So I looked it up, and it's like, oh, it's it's in the same vein as Dizzy. And I was like, I don't know what Dizzy is. Though John, I remember John saying he played a lot of Dizzy back in the day. Dizzy, Mike. Um, so um, think of this as like a platforming game that is mixed with a puzzle game and an adventure game. So there's a lot of emphasis on you get an item. You would then take that item somewhere to use it somewhere. Uh, and But you also get a bunch of items, so you don't know what to do with them until you run into the situation where you need them. Oh, God. So it's kind of like... It's kind of like an adventure game, like a point-and-click adventure game where you pick a bunch of things and you just have to use it, try and use it on things. Um, but in this one, at least they tell you, oh, I need something. So you know you have to come back to this person, but you don't know what you need yet. Uh, so you have to go around, walking around kind of thing. So it's kind of like a Metroidvania. The map's a lot like a Metroidvania game. Um, I feel like it's okay the issue is, is that the platforming is not that great. Which is weird, because it's way forward. Yes, way forward. And on top of that, why? It feels like the camera is zoomed in too far. Yeah, the, like your character's huge Yeah, in that game. And I feel like it shouldn't be that way. And because of that, you, you have a giant hitbox. So you're just going to get hit. I, I, This game showed up, and I didn't even know it was coming. It's like... I usually have my finger on the pulse of way forward games. And this thing just like showed up and I'm like, what the fuck is this? It's a game out of nowhere. Yeah. Mm. Uh, what other games have uh, way forward done? They did uh, <laughs> DuckTales Remastered. Did they do the Shantae games too? Or yep. was that some? Yeah. Okay. I like the Shantae games. They've done um, uh, Double Dragon Neon. They did uh, Contra for the yeah. 3DS. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They're they're very old school hardcore developer like two D side scrollers. Yeah, when I think of Way Forward, I I immediately think of Yacht Club games and and Shovel Knight a little bit. Because some of the people from Yacht Club used to work at Way Forward. Yeah. Mm. So they're in that kind of style, and I don't mind Mystic Bell. Um, I, I enjoyed my time with it for the most part. There was some issues here and there. There's inventory management. Once you once you have too much, too many things in your inventory, you just automatically drop something if you pick it back up. Um, and I'm like, well, shit, I need that item so I can go open the door over here, but I also need to bring the other items with me. Uh, they have item boxes that you know appear kind of like Resident Evil. So, and you drop an item into it, and then somewhere else you'll find another item box that has that item in it. Um, and there's fast travel points and stuff like that. Um, the boss fights are okay. Uh, I think they're, they at least make, they make it more interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, it's an okay game. That's, that's really the best way I can put it. It's not bad. There's some issues here and there, but, um, but it's okay. I would say wait for probably a sale. Okay. It's just it's, a, it's a hard. I think it's only fifteen bucks though. Yeah, it's just too many people putting their games out right now, especially little games that nobody's heard of, like a Hat in Time that might have done really well if this was in October. 
I don't know. I don't. I don't see those games without the big franchises doing really well. Like new IP platformers are kind of a hard sell in general. Hey, uh, it depends ahead. on when you put your game out, and if it yeah. gets good word of mouth. I mean, look what happened to Stardew Valley. You know, yeah. Stardew Valley is kind of a one of a kind game, though. That's not a platform. Uh, look what happened to Dust. Mm. That came out at the right time. People were looking for a game like that, and it was really good. Dust, uh, Dust is also kind of an extreme scenario too, because not only did it, it kind of had a had a big like uh, tail on its sales as well. It didn't it didn't do like amazingly initially when it was released, but kind of you're right, like word of mouth happened, and then people started picking up. And then when it became PS Plus, more people played it, and now the developers kind of on the map uh, at this point. He announced which this is new nice. game. We'll talk about that in news. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about it definitely. Um, We'll see. We'll see how that goes. I think when it comes down to platformers, I think there is kind of like an oversaturation, especially these 2D indie platformers. I think there's a lot of them. If you look on Steam, if you like scroll through the list of games of that type, there's literally dozens that came out this year so far. So oh, yeah, it's hard to tell one from the other. It's even harder when you're trying to put it out when people are talking about you know Shadow of War, Evil Within, Mario Odyssey, Assassin's Creed. That's not when you want to put out your indie platformer. <laughs> yeah, just, this is October is just a hellscape for game releases. You don't want to be here unless Maybe, you want to. I, I think all of these games should have came out in December, and then people would have been like, "Oh, let's talk about these little games that we can swallow after we've played." Oh, I don't know the biggest fucking games of the year. I think December has some games too. Actually. Yeah, but not nothing compared to October. Not yeah. even compared to November. But you know. I don't know. Yep. Anything else? No, that's pretty much it. All right. Jay, you got anything you want to talk about? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I can finally talk about Mario & Luigi Superstar Saga plus yeah. Bowser's Minions since uh, Embargo Pass. Friday, or is it not out yet? I don't know. It, it came out on Friday. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're good to go on that. So basically, I didn't play the GBA version of this game. I think that's where it originally came out. And uh, my understanding is that it is basically mostly like a one-for-one game as far as the story content goes, uh, which is nice because I heard the story and uh, the humor was was very funny. And when I actually played the game, I found it you know very charming and um, pretty humorous. There's some really great characters in there. Uh, there's this. Uh, well, you play Luigi's uh, was it inside was it Bowser's inside story, right? Yeah, I just did Bowser's inside story, which is the third game in the series. Yeah, so is that is that one after Superstar Saga, or is that the second one after? Is it number two? Or? That's number two. So they had Superstar Saga. Uh-huh. They had uh, Dream Team? No. Damn it, there's another one in between there, but I can't remember what it is. Are you sure it's not uh, Bowser's Inside Story and then Dream Team? Hang on a second. I'll look it up. I- because I have Dream Team. I don't think I... Uh, I I think I played Bowser's Inside Story before that, but I'm yeah, not, I'm not sure. Yeah, I've played Dream Team. Dream Team is good. It's just super long. <laughs> it, they're, it is. They're all long. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Superstar Saga, by the way. It's, it's a pretty long game. I, you know, you get to that point where you're like, oh, man, I'm about to finish this game. Partners in tur- Time. That Partners in Time, yes. yes yeah, yes, yeah Superstar Saga, Partners in Time, Bowser's Inside, Inside Story, Story, Dream Team, Team, and Paper Jam. Paper Jam, okay. Yeah, a long-running series at this point. Uh, kind of like spiritual successors of cheaper Mario RPG in yeah. some ways. They're all kind of spun off from there. 
Yeah. Uh, they're, they're good games, and this one especially, just, just looking at the visuals, I think they put a lot of effort into making it just, just making everything just flow very well. We know when you play a game and you look at a visual style, sometimes it takes time for you to get used to a style so, so for you to really like it. But when I started playing this game, I was like, wow, this game looks amazing from the get-go. And this is, uh, they changed from the 2D sprites of the GBA game to the more modernized 3D, but the animation and how they are modeled and everything, it just looks fantastic. The combat is pretty enjoyable. It's got that very timing-focused aspect where you can uh, increase the damage of your attacks, uh, kind of dodge attacks and block attacks based on the timing pressures, you know, when you kind of understand the patterns of the enemies and what they can do. So there's some decent amount of strategy and some skill involved as well. Uh, because you take a lot of damage when you get hit, but the fact of the matter is you shouldn't basically never be getting hit if you know what you're doing. So that's how the game flow goes. The Bowser's Minions, on the other hand, is is very tacked on. It's a game mode that just basically plays itself. You choose a bunch of minions, and they just kind of bump heads at each other. And they just fight it out. And whoever's last standing continues the fight. And um, that's basically it. Sometimes you have to press the buttons... Um, during the times where it kind of flashes and then you have a timing, you know, like a timing specific button press to make an attack even more powerful or trying to block an attack or whatever. But that happens kind of not so frequently compared to the original game. It feels like they just added this so that they can justify adding a bunch of amiibo functionality. Because along with this game, I think they released two more amiibos Goomba and the Koopa Troopa. Yeah, I think those are specifically for Bowser's minions and. Uh, yeah, you can completely ignore that mode entirely. You don't need it. Like it's not it's not really a part of the story. It's supposed to give you a new perspective on the game, but it doesn't really. It doesn't give you any new ideas or revelations about what's happening. So just stick with the original game and the original game is great. So, you know, there's that. And uh, as you guys know, I picked up the Switch like two weeks ago at this point, right? Two weeks ago, yeah. Two weeks ago, and uh, you know, I don't have any games for it, per se. So I decided to look through the eShop. I started getting a lot of recommendations from uh, people. Uh, thank you for that, people. I really appreciate it. So people said uh, I should check out Golf Story, which I've never heard of before. But I started looking up information on it, looked up some reviews, and it seemed very positive. Uh, so I, I picked that up, and uh, boy, that game is just a jolly good time, because... It's one of those games, it's like a 2D, 2D sprite-based game where you're kind of in this world where you want to become a pro uh, golfer because you, you abandon your dream of being a pro golfer. And then one day you wake up and you're like, damn it, you know, I can do it. I can become a pro golfer. So you go around different golf courses, you try to earn the respect of different coaches, try to kind of squeeze yourself into the pro, uh, pro ring. Just kind of one tournament after the other while people give you challenges and things to do. You buy new clubs with the money that you earned uh, during uh, the golfing. Um, it's one of those games that has a great sense of humor because it kind of spins everything in a way where basically all of life's problem can be solved by hitting a ball at something. That's and that life. is pretty great. Yeah, that is pretty great. Because it's, it's got this really funny... Um, Funny, funny dialogue thing that they go uh, constantly because you run into situations where, you know, this is not a very realistic game. You know, this is not going to be one of those like, you know, triple A golf games where everything is based on realism. So you're kind of you have these places where it's just covered with mole rats. So if you hit your ball near a mole rat, they'll take it and they'll take it to their hall, which kind of you know counts as like a bunker. So you have to hit it out of that. That becomes difficult. There's like birds all over the place sometimes. So you can actually hit it towards them. And sometimes they'll do something beneficial to your ball. 
And other times, you're just, you know, thwarting an evil magician's undead carnage zombie infestation by hitting your golf ball into a horde of zombies and making them explode with fire. Yeah, that's what golfers do. There's a, there's a DLC for Dead Rising 4 for that. Uh-huh. You can hit golf balls at zombies. At zombies. Uh, well, no no DLC needed here. For the low price of fourteen ninety nine, you can do that and more. You should save. Uh, you should save your money on the Dead Rising Four DLC as well. That's a shitty golf game. <laughs> I bet it is. It's pretty bad. Um, but yeah, Golf Star really took me by surprise. One of those games I got super addicted to. It's not particularly long. Um, clocking in at about fifteen hours, but I beat that game in a week. You know, when I had other things to play, which was irre- irresponsible as usual. But uh, super fun, man. This is a good game. So if you're interested, not I don't even like golf. I actually actively hate golf, and I really love this game. This was this been, was just a good time. I've been thinking about picking it up, but then I think like I don't have time to play the shit I got. So maybe I should wait. That same way with Hob. Uh, everybody keeps telling me about Hob, mm-hmm. and I just I'm like I just can't. I want time right now, man. And then October's gonna blow my mind. I ain't got time. Yeah, I mean, I picked this up right at the beginning of October, which I think was a smart choice. Because, you know, we still have some time, but next week when the big games start hitting, um, it's this might be difficult. This week. Yeah. Well, yeah, this oh, week. this week starts. Woo! Woo! This, this week starts for me with Evil Within, man, yeah. on Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah, yeah. I am so into that. I'm going to play a next, lot of that. The next five weeks are the best. They're the best. And if you could only just take like a vacation for the month, oh, sleep, I, t- I would or something, totally take a sabbatical ridiculous. just to play uh-huh. all these games, man. I've, I've actually joined a new religion that makes it so that I have to actually <laughs> rest in the month of October. Uh, it's it's called Halloweenism. It's very very important to my lifestyle. So you know, if you don't allow me to take the month of October off, I'll have to sue you. You know, I'm afraid. So yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure that will go over well with your employee yeah, employers. Let us know how that turns out. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be great. It's going to work out perfectly. It's going to be paid leave and everything, and uh-huh. they're going to really respect uh-huh. your new religious, totally real beliefs. Sure, it's going to be fantastic. Sure. And the other game that I picked up that I said to myself and others that I wouldn't was uh, Star Valley on Switch, because <laughs> I knew this was a mistake the moment I bought it. And as I as I watched it install, I was like, I've made a huge mistake. Because I remember the amount of hours that I spent playing this game on PC, and just the thought of that being portable, just the efficient time-wasting that I can do with Stardew Valley is is palpable. It it literally scares me. Because I was up yesterday, yeah, it was a Saturday, but I should not be up at 3.30 in the morning playing Stardew Valley on Switch in the dark, on my bed, on my back. I'm like, I just want to harvest this crop. It's, I'm gonna make a lot of money so I can upgrade my axe, so I can chop these trees down faster, and then I can go down to the mine so I can get that new sword. And then that train of thought began at around 12 a.m. and then ended when it was 3:30, and then the the battery of the switch was starting to go out, and I was like, oh, I should I should stop this immediately. Well, you have so, to. I mean, the battery's yeah. dead, you know. Well, I mean, I could have plugged it into the dock and played it on TV if I was truly crazy. But thankfully, I haven't gone that far down the uh, the edge yet. 
And the funny thing is, I mean, I pl- I've already put like 30, 40 hours in this game on PC. I never beat it, you know, in a traditional sense, because I never got to that third year. But uh, not having it on the Switch is making it, you know, be portable and controlling better than ever it does. Uh, because they made a lot of UI uh, functionalities uh, with the controllers that actually works really well. And the portability of it, just being able to play wherever, is is just really good for this game. But both games are fourteen ninety nine, and just you know, for half the cost of a triple A game, I got these two fantastic games that I can play whenever on the Switch. So uh, the Switch is already uh, proving itself valuable. Uh, I think a game like Stardew Valley and Golf Story could both, you know, also be really good on like the Vita. But just having that extra larger screen uh, is, is actually pretty nice. Uh, and, you know, I'm just waiting for Xenoblade Chronicles 2 to uh, hit. And that's going to be the, the big Switch game for me. And uh, and thankfully, I'll be able to play games like Mario Odyssey and maybe Rent Fire Emblem Warriors. I don't know. You I don't even that, know if I really want to play it. You want that Muso goodness. It's one of those things I want to see their interpretation of it and see if it's any good. Because I think Hyrule Warriors surprised everyone on how good it was, I right? I love that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, just, just the music, the simplicity of but, the game. But again, play. I think it, it's because it was Zelda. Like Fire Emblem, I have absolutely no... Exactly. Yeah. But I, I actually have some history with Fire Emblem, so I would get the references and the characters and stuff like that. So I, I have an idea. Maybe it'll be as enjoyable as Hyrule Heroes for me. But I'm not expecting too much, but it'd be a, it'd be a good rental. But at the same time, that week, you know, uh, South Park fractured. But yeah, there's a, there's a couple games coming out. You know? you know, so it's like I don't. Maybe I shouldn't rent that game because I probably wouldn't play for. We'll weeks. probably get a copy of that game. Just saying. I don't. You know, don't even. I mean, you know, somebody's got to take it. I mean, you know, you're, it's, you're, uh, not, you're not taking. Wait, wait, wait! Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Let's do some math here. I did the last uh, last Muso game, which was uh, no, you did not. Sophie did. Yeah, but Sophie doesn't count. Them Sophie counts. Sophie counts all day long. She did. <laughs> Sophie Warriors doesn't count the... as one of yours, Ken. If that's what you're implying. Oh no, no, no. Oh, we're okay. Fine, we don't give it to Sophie. But we, uh, we, you know, we can give See, it to like John it, or something. When it comes to Switch, oh, you're going to call John out. He just got here. I know. John, you ready for another Muso game, bro? I'm not dead. <laughs> so that's that's what you're saying. So you said you're not dead, so you're willing to take another Muso game on? I am not taking another Muso game. It is not my turn. <laughs> it has to not, be your turn, John. I, I, I don't think so. But I yeah, did Spirit not... of Sanada, okay? Do you even know who the fuck Sanada is? Any of you? No? <laughs> I I played 15 hours of that game, so I have a, you know, like a decent amount of experience so that I could write that review. And that game was not good, you know? I didn't I don't enjoy Musou games of that type and Can we can we That just... was the last one we put on that was not the the All-Star game. Can we can we back up for just a minute and just what? and just address the entitlement in this conversation? I don't want a free $60 game for my Nintendo exactly. Switch. Exactly. I, I live in 2017. I can be entitled really well See, Until Seems we get like to the point else where is. we only review games that we really want to play, um, and you know, we're going to have this conversation forever, but we're going to be throwing around that thing like it's a fucking hot potato cover with it, it Drew's, <laughs> Drew's over yeah. there like, ha ha, fuckers, I didn't buy a Switch yet. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Drew was a smart one, right? He was. But then, you know what? There's a 3DS version of Fire Emblem Warriors with your fucking name on it, Drew. 
It's nah. coming your way. It's hot and ready just for you, right? Oh, man. This is yeah. hilarious. Yeah, you, you got uh, but at the same time, I kind of feel bad because I'm sure the developers spent a lot of time in their first. Oh, I'm sure the, the game is great. I mean, hard, but, but they, then we we're, we're talking shit on it like it's such some kind of undesirable child. You're like, keep that <laughs> thing like away from me, you son of a bitch. It's just it's just an issue with oversaturation. You know, we play too many of these games, and most of the time we don't really want to. It just kind of happens on our happens on our lap. Uh, so hey, that's just, why we feel this way. The game the games themselves aren't terrible. Just just think of the beauty that. You you guys didn't have to review Peach Beach Splash. Justin re- right. Justin requested that, which was hilarious. I know, and then also I ignored an email that came in last week for the new Neptunia game. Drew <laughs> Drew requested that, Cam. Why do you, what are you doing? Uh, well, I still got the code oh. in my inbox. I can. Hey, Drew. I can dig it you out. get to go, bro. I just did Blue Reflection. <laughs> That's a Gust game, so that has no relations to this conversation we're having. <laughs> so. I bet you 10 bucks Gust has their name on that damn game. Neptunia? I don't know. Yeah. No, oh, Gust has no no stake in Neptunia, man. It's Compile Heart and Idea Factory. That's their game. So, you know, it's been a I, while, man. I think, I think Neptunia is calling your name. Neptunia. Oh, God. I've, I reviewed one of those games, and I'm just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> When you bring up Neptunia, do you know what Brent comes to mind? What? That fucking guy in that fucking bathroom masturbating at me. Because you you asked me to review Hyperdimension Neptunia V2, and I said, oh, God. And then I looked up in the mirror, and there's a guy behind me masturbating. So every maybe, time somebody brings up the Neptunia, I immediately think of that scene. Maybe he was playing Neptunia. Maybe. But I think what fascinates me most about Neptunia games is that we've gotten every Neptunia game since the first one. And it's gotten a hold on the American audience. It's got enough of a hold on the niche market that it makes money. It makes good money. The sales figure for those games for the amount of money that it costs to produce them is actually on the black. It's actually the positive. And people, whenever there's a new Neptunia game announcement, I would look at the news and then people would be excited. There would be like over 100 comments. Under the announcement, saying like, "Oh yeah, top nap," and things of that nature, and then they're they're nap, excited. Nap, and baby. good for them, good for them. But man, like, they're not. Except for that one game on Vita, they're not great games. No, I don't. And I did not like the game I played. Like, it's it's not bad mechanically. It's just really poorly paced and kind of boring. They're boring, but no, they are kind of bad mechanically. The last few I've played, they look like fucking PS2 games, and they run at 10 frames per second. Oh, the one I played on PS4 didn't have that issue. It just, it was just like grindy and boring, and just yeah. The, the, the PS3 versions are where the were Dark Ages are. Oh, so it's been since the PS3 since you revealed one, Drew. Okay, well, hold on, let me look at my email real quick. I gotta, I gotta look this up. <laughs> I'd like to put in my resignation. <laughs> <laughs> you can keep your goddamn game. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, I specifically just put that email. I opened it. I'm like, "Yep, not even gonna ask," and closed it. So this, this, this forward. It's true, man. Just let it happen. I didn't ask for the game. I, I always. That's always kind of my thing. Is like, I, you know, if we get a game that we, didn't, yeah, ask we for, didn't ask for, then I don't feel the necessity to cover it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. But there are uh, some PR people and some companies that treat us really well. And when they do send us a code for something, I will try to get it covered. 
Yeah, yeah. We so. we know that's why we we cover the games that we don't ask for a lot of times too. Yeah. So it's just But the Neptunia games I don't ask for. We reviewed so many of them, I'm just kind of done with them. I, I, I love you, Nisa, but I don't love you that much. Yeah, uh, we've covered enough of those games that they're kind of like they're kind of like the Call of Duties for the Weeaboos. Anybody who's going to buy it is just going to buy it. You don't need a review. <laughs> That's an interesting analogy. Okay. The call, call of Weeaboo. There you go. Call of Weeaboo. Okay. Uh, lastly, I played a lot of Etrian Odyssey 5, but I can't talk about it because Embargo, yay! That's, out, that's not out for another week and a half, right, I think? Uh, I think it comes out on, like, the 16th or something like that. Yeah, it's probably about another week or so. Yeah, it's it's a difficult game, and it's long. I'm trying my best to finish it before Embargo so I can have that review out, because that's how I've done it with every Etrian Odyssey game. But uh, usually I get a month heads up for Etrian games, which is which is great, because those games are challenging and long. But this one I've, I've had you know two weeks, which might not be enough. But I'll get I'll give it a good shot. I'll, I'll try to get it done. But that's basically it uh, for the games that I've been playing this week. All right. Well, we'll welcome John. Hi there. And everybody, stop making fun of John. Uh, our, our resident Muso expert, John. Yes, John. Is exactly. here to join us. Muso master Thanks. is what I call mm-hmm. him. Absolutely. My nickname at high school. <laughs> I'm sorry. What high school did you go to? <laughs> <laughs> What are, you, everyone? what are you playing? It's been such a while since I've been on. Yeah, I don't even um, know you anymore. Who are you? I don't know. It's been weird. It's, it's one of those things, because I only get every other weekend off. And the weekends I've been getting off, like, last week I went to Amsterdam. Next week I'm going to London. So it's like, uh, uh, luckily I finished work early today, so it's not so bad. But, um, yeah, I, I guess I'll just talk about the things that I've been playing most recently and i'll just jump on to uh, jay's discussion uh for golf story oh sweet yeah um i'm nowhere near it i mean like i'm an hour and a half in i'm kind of getting to grips i'm kind of stuck at the moment as well because i'm i've got to the second area and it's asking me to get a shovel and i've got no idea where to get a shovel from so um, oh do you want me to tell you what that is mm, yeah absolutely okay uh, so it's not a shovel you get a you get another like uh, a club that's really good against bunkers. So you actually swing that club around like a shovel, so and you then you dig up the ground. Uh, you get it in that in that course, I think. Uh, you got to do a quest, and then some guy. Actually, no. There's a there's a there's a guy wearing like an explorer's hat. He's got like an excavator. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You talk to him, and then you can talk to someone else to get the club. I think. Uh, I, I talked to him, and he said you can't use this shovel, and that's it. And I've just yeah, I've yeah. Just done some the, someone um, in. Just look for someone with a little, you know, speech bubble that you haven't talked to in there. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, and then check I've the check looking. the pro shop, and then make sure you buy everything that you need, basically. Cool. I'll give that a shot. But um, it's cute. It's it's got a really nice look to it. Uh, very reminiscent of Stardew Valley that you also spoke about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very laid back, and the golf stuff's very light, and it's more about um, not so much playing rounds, but you know, bouncing off turtles and avoiding. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I've just done one of the turtle missions, which is quite cool. Uh, it's it's just a nice laid back game. And you're saying what? It's like twelve, fifteen hours. About fifteen that's, hours. I yep. think for how much you pay for that, that's a that's a real nice size. Do- so, dollar dollar per hour spent playing a game? Yeah, yeah. I, I dig that, man. Hell yeah, absolutely. So I've played some of that. 
Uh, also, for review, which should be going up this week, I assume, I have played SteamWorld D2, also Ooh. on the Switch. Tell me about that. I played that, that game too. is very, very good. Yes. I would, would uh, encourage anyone who's interested to re- read my review when it goes up. Um, it's... I don't want to ape my review, but it's... It really is a sequel. I, I know that sounds really stupid, but it's it's really hard to describe. It kind of gives you everything that you liked about the first game. It enhances it, gives you more stuff, continues the story, gives it a real f- fresh lick of paint, and it looks super good, even on the Switch. I mean, I don't know what it's probably. And I saw it on both. I saw it on both PS4 and Switch. It's almost identical. Ah, okay. It looks super nice. The colours... I mean, the previous games with uh, SteamWorld Dig and The Heist, um, they had a nice style to them, but there was a little bit of grime and dirt to it. Uh, this kind's have been polished. It feels... It looks more like a cartoon than a pixel art game. Uh, real nice look. Sounds great. Um, the characters that you interact with are incredibly funny. Uh, basically, what's happened is that it takes place pretty much after the end of the first game, and uh, Dorothy, who's your kind of friend who you sell your ore to in the first game, uh, uh, she's looking for Rusty because he's gone missing. And it, she comes across uh, a remnant of Vectron, who was the bad... Well, I don't think the name of the bad guy was Vectron, but the area that they were in that was Vectron. He's like this energy remnant who kind of joins her. Um, he's got a real attitude problem, and it's quite funny. And the, the idea is, is that you are trying to dig your way to find out where Rusty went. There's a couple of good things that I really like about the sequel. Firstly, uh, the teleport system is gone, which I used to find very good. You have to buy teleports to use them. Now you've got these tube tunnels, which you just, they're already in the map. You find them, you knock the entrance, you clear the entrance of rubble, and you can then go any to any other tube tunnel that you've unlocked. And the hook shot. Now, the hook shot is a grappling hook. It gets you to places where you wouldn't normally be able to go. But you kind of sometimes forget you have it, and you can be in a puzzle, and you think, oh, hang on, I've got my hook shot, and that solves that puzzle. But they've introduced puzzles because of it. So you've got some environmental puzzles where, uh, especially as you get deeper in, there's some real tricky areas, and you have to use wall jumping, your hook shot, jumping, ducking and all that, all in one puzzle to get to certain areas, which will obviously you can find secret things. Uh, it's really well implemented. Uh, it's not a hugely long game, but it is also one of those games, if you are a uh, lover of completion, there's lots of collectibles to do uh, and to find. It's it's a, again, in the you know truest word, it's a, a definitely a sequel and it is it, it's better than the first game, which is hard to kind of you know beat because that first game was pretty special. How, how so, important is the uh, continuity of the story? I, for example, have not played SteamWorld Dig 1. Uh, you're fine. I mean, it okay. does give you exposition. Um, uh, along the way, you'll, you'll get hints of what's happened and to be fair, the story in the first game, it wasn't super complex. You could probably wiki it and, and, and get all the answers you need. Um, or if you've got some time, pick it up on one of the platforms because that thing's dirt cheap nowadays. But it's, it's, if you haven't played the first game, it's not the end of the world. It does help because 
you'll already be used to the mechanics and how the game works. Mm-hmm. But it, the game does a great job of teaching you stuff straight off the bat anyway. So it's, it is not a deal breaker. Okay, great. So that's thoroughly enjoyable. I've played some of the beta for Battlefront 2. Oh, yeah, right. That happened uh, over this weekend. I played mm, yeah. quite a few matches of that myself. That, it's, it's really weird because he, it's got, it's got that same thing. You know, when you played the first game and if you're a Star Wars fan, you instantly got it. The noises, the look, it's, it has done that. It's got that, but it obviously now got some of the prequel stuff in there. So one of the, the maps is on the boo. So you've got the droids and it feels and looks and sounds amazing. And they've certainly done some, you know, in HDR, if you're playing on the Xbox, you've got HDR there. looks looks real, real nice. But you've also got a new class system. So now you have, like, I can't remember the name. They're different from the factions, but you have a um, an assault guy. He's got an assault rifle type of gun. He's got um, uh, certain abilities. You have um, a specialist. who has a sniper rifle. You have a heavy. You has a, you know, a basically an LMG. And then you've got a... Um, officer, like a leader, officer. That's it, and all of them have different abilities, and so it's a really good way of exploring the different options that you've got, finding the one that you are most comfortable with. And they've all got sort of pluses and minuses for using them. Then you've got the star cards. Now they've changed slightly from the first game, so you have to unlock them in loot crates. Yay! So, loot crates are unlocked with the credits you earn in game. They have, it doesn't seem as easy to earn credits now, um, mainly because they're probably going to have an option for you to buy loot crates. But you unlock loot crates, you've got different tiers, and you, they also give you loot crates for, for uh, meeting certain challenges. Like, uh, I think the ones in the de- uh, beta are players are each class for um, like 10 minutes, and that'll give you a loot crate specific to that class and when you open them up they give you these star cards now they can be um extra abilities so for example i think the heavy class has a uh, what well, the, the ability on the left bumper is like this where they stand still with a heavy gun and just for about you know 10 seconds just obliterate from their gun with no cooldown and so it's like a, just a real just shot after shot after shot after shot. Um, one of the cards I unlocked was just basically a boost to that. So it gave you like an extra few seconds of that. And it's things like that. You get um, just buffs and special abilities that you can add and or swap out. And again, you can customize them as you wish. But it is a loot crate system. So they're blind boxes. You're not going to be um, entirely sure of what you're going to be getting. They've... Uh, also, slightly changed the air combat. So there's now a dogfight mode. I can't remember the name of it. Star something. Starfighter Assault. Starfighter Assault. Um, it's a little weird. By default, they've, because they've updated the control scheme. And I really liked how the uh, vehicles are handled in the first game. They've changed that, and it is really off-putting. You can go into the settings and remove... The, the go back essentially to the old way of doing it and it's not as precise but 
it was easier for me to control the ships because now these aren't just uh, ships on a map that you. These are in dogfights in space. Uh, well, this one is anyway. Um, you've got uh, objectives, so you can have to destroy enemy fighters. You can have destroy um, their freighter, protect your freighter, things like that. So that's had a, a, a facelift to it. I haven't tried the arcade mode, which is like um, co-op, but it's like wave-based, like they had in the first game. So I can't say how different that is. And of course, there's no story player, uh, single-player mode to it at the moment. So I'm enjoying it. Um, I will buy it. I will get it on the Xbox as well, because I think that thing's going to look mighty fine on the X. Um, I think that's going to look amazing. Um, and I'll be very interested. I don't expect the story mode will be anything to write home about, but, you know, Disney have signed off on it because it's classed as canon, and they are very protective of that license. So I'm hoping that bodes well for the story. I expect it to maybe be a, a six to eight hour experience, but it looks like they're making the right moves with the multiplayer. I mean, there's no season pass this time. You're all going to get the same content as it's available. Um the only thing that worries me is the, the loot boxes, because that's how they're going to make their money. We're not selling you a season pass. You're getting that stuff for free. However, because we still like to make money, we're going to have this loot crate system, and you can buy your way through that. And I don't know how well that's going to play out, because we've already seen this last few weeks a lot of uproar over loot crate. Um, if you are able to buy loot boxes, which can improve your abilities. That is play to win or pay to win. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not sure whether there's going to be a restriction that limits that when that comes to you paying real money. I really, or whether they're just going cosmetic, I really don't know. Um, and that's going to be the key factor because as we've seen, people did not like Forza 7 and how what they did with that. Microsoft have been very, very good and, you know, they've turned have around they? on some of that stuff. They have, okay. so the, the big thing that, that the Forza 7 fans were really annoyed about was the fact that the VIP pass that you get, and a lot of people get the Ultimate Edition to get the VIP pass, especially big Forza fans, is because it gives you 100% credits extra on every race. Well, the new VIP pass gave you five cards mods that gave you five races at 100%. Um, they have now turned around and say we're going to be patching it and all VIP passes will get 100%. So it's they, they, they've listened to what the fans have said. And on the flip side, Warner Brothers have not. And, you know, I think Shadow of War is going to suffer greatly because of it. Might not, the, by the sounds of it, the first main part of the game, the loot boxes don't affect, but there's really a lot of negative um, word of mouth that goes out because of this sort of stuff, and it seems to be really coming to a head. And so I'm hoping that Battlefront isn't going to do the same. And it is. will tell on that one. It <laughs> is. Probably. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's yay. Um, well, yeah, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, it seems like Warner are the bad boys at the moment. They're the bad guys again, and, and, uh, and maybe there will be other publishers looking at what's going on with things like Ports and Shadow of War and maybe they are thinking twice about how they do things because if we all vote with our wallets and if we all make our 
you know, voices heard it can sometimes change things. Uh, I, I do have a question about this per, uh, perspective, right? Because you rightfully mm. said that you vote with your wallet, and I think yes. in this in this democracy of ours, that is really truly the only vote that counts for anything. Uh, yes. As far as what, what the power that we wield as consumers, but mm. we're we are you know an easily manipulated bunch, um, easily <laughs> misled, easily uh, mm. you know brought to do certain things that are not really to our benefit. So mm. my question to you is: when you see a game with on you know on consumer friendly mm-hmm. conduct like so so yeah. so is uh you know the battlefront maybe the the shadow war the shadow mm-hmm. war one's pretty clear the reviews have already spelled it out on how that thing mm-hmm. works gating the true ending behind an incredibly mm-hmm. tedious grind fest you know kind of incentive incentivizing most sane players to buy their way to the yeah. true ending which is fucking terrible mm-hmm. but um, so what do you do do you just not buy the game Straight out. That's in, in order exactly to... what yeah. I've done. So I, at the end, when they announced Shadow of War, um, I was super, super excited. Mm-hmm. Um, and I now am not only not going to buy it at launch, but when I do eventually buy it, I'm not going to buy it new. I'm not going to give a penny to Warner Brothers on this. I am angry. Not only about the whole loot crate boxes and it seems like the developers have known what they're doing because yes the reviews are coming out saying oh you can play the game and you all the way through and you don't need to buy them but if you want the true ending you have to unlock shadow war mode and that is where you're going to end up buying them that's dirty that's disgusting but i the the straw that broke the camel's back for me with shadow of war was the DLC that was in honour of the developer of the game who died of cancer and when Warner came out and admittedly they've they've had to come out now and make it free but they were charging five bucks where not all of the money went to charity um, Any um, there were certain states in the US that they couldn't uh, give that money to charity and anywhere outside of the US they couldn't give to charity so there, anybody who in the UK or in Europe who pre-ordered that at five bucks none of that went to charity it all went in warner's pocket and that to me was the final straw and the same with forza i mean it's different now because they have at least come out and said something but i was on the fence about getting the vip nope but i'm now not touching that game and that's just me and these are two cases i will probably oh you know what i will get battlefront regardless of how the uh, the loot boxes go because i do really want to play that game but I really wanted to play Shadow of War, and this is just this is despicable. This is getting that's why I said mm-hmm. this is getting to a head. People are getting very very angry, and there are going to be a couple of developers that are going to push this, and it's going to break it for a lot of people. Now, in the UK, gambling is very very tightly controlled. And there is an argument that Jim Sterling makes a lot, and he's very right, is that loot box in games is gambling because you are paying for an item with the hope of getting, or you're paying for a box with the hope of getting something that you want in it. Um, I think a developer's going to push it too far, and the gambling commission in the UK is going to start poking their nose around. And that's going to affect games like FIFA because Ultimate Team is the same sort of thing. And Gambling is 18 only in the UK, with the exception of the mm. lottery. But gambling, like horse racing and on football and, and sports, is all 18. 
the majority of people who spend money on FIFA Ultimate Team is, is the teenagers, the younger than that. It's going to have a real big effect on the industry, and I'm just waiting for one developer to push it too far where this becomes a real issue. And it's a shame that this is where we're at, where I am getting more satisfaction from indie games that cost, yeah, you know, 15, 20, 30 mm-hmm. bucks. And once you've bought it, you've bought it, you've got the full experience. You want to unlock something, you play it and you will do it. Mm-hmm. And I can see a lot of people in the near future getting sick of these big developers a lot developers as mainly publishers but yes, trying to, publishers. Mm-hmm. to basically milk us even after we've paid the money for $60 for the game people are going to get sick of this and I think I can see a tide cut, a change tide change coming um, it's it's horrible it really is I, I think um, the interesting idea there is um, the whole whole gambling aspect of it right mm-hmm. because it is true you're spending money in hopes to get something uh, does gambling you, only spend... apply when you can get money back from said no. items? No, I or... wouldn't imagine so. If you think about it, if you and you know what they do it because it's how they only if you sell something, say for example, you've got a game and there's got a fancy suit in it, and you that suit was microtransaction, and you would pay ten dollars to get that suit. You, the person would buy ten dollars; they've made ten dollars. The better way of doing it is to blind box it and get you to pay $50 to unlock the whole set because of blind boxes. That is gambling. You are gambling on that item being unlocked. And that's how some people will look at it. And again, if anyone has any interest, I recommend people go watch Jim Sterling's videos because he puts the argument far more eloquently than I do. And he has a very, very good point is that it is now... And people with... Because he said he's playing a game like Shadow of War for him is actually a battle because he has an addictive personality. Mm-hmm. And there are people out there who do who would find it not not because they want to get ahead in the game or anything like that, but because they have a, an addictive personality and they see something in front of them like gambling, even for cosmetic items and things like that. And Destiny does it as well with their Brightverse stuff, whatever-verse stuff. And he says, he sees it and it's a fight because to him, he just wants to unlock and gamble because of his personality. And that's what those sort of governing bodies will look at. Not the fact that it's not money you're getting, but the fact that they are enticing you to spend your real money to gamble, to, to that, that excitement of gambling, because people can have that, that excitement of, oh, you know, um, you know, a lot of people say foot, uh, sport is better when you've got a, some money on it. And it's that kind of thing. It's going to be a very interesting couple of years. And... I think people like Warner are taking it way too far. You know, Overwatch, it's Overwatch's fault. And I don't blame them for the way that Warner Brothers do it, but I blame them for the fact that they did it in a way that it was just cosmetic and it didn't affect any of the game and they made an absolute fortune from it. Mm-hmm. And developers are now looking at forcing microtransactions and loot. Why would you want a loot box in a... Middle Earth. It doesn't make any sense, does it? Uh, oh my god, this loot box has got orcs in. Can you imagine that in the real world? Opening a box up, there's an orc. Every game, scam. Hey, go and play. That makes no sense. So they're forcing it into these games because they see the money that could 
But yeah, I, I, I think when it comes down to it, the the angle of uh, it preying upon people's like mental conditions and mm. their predications towards a, a, you know addictive behavior, right? I think mm. that is fair game. But the issue that arises from dealing and regulating that kind of content is that you would have to do it across the board. That means every single mm. free to play game would also mm. be affected. And free-to-play games are big, multi-billion-dollar markets right now. We're talking bigger than most AAA's. A's. Like, uh, they're, they're oh, yeah, insane. Yeah, yeah so, you know, you've got Game of, game of War or... Yeah, Clash of, Clash of Clans, Clash Clans yeah. whatever. You know, I, I even I play one mobile game. It's like a guilty pleasure of mine. Uh, and uh, the thing about it is, like, when there is a lot of money to be had in those, there's going to mm. be those lobbyists. The uh, lobbyists are going to be it's pulling... in the UK. Okay. In the UK, it's slightly different. Um, you, if the Gambling Commission gets onto this, there's no one who will take them off of it. They'll make a fair decision, you would think, anyway. Um, but they, it's not like government in the States where you have like the lobbyists and things like that for certain industries and certain things. So, uh, But, again, what happens in, in the UK is separate to what happens in yeah. mm-hmm. the rest of the world. It will be very interesting... Um, I'm hoping that the outcries that we've been seeing for certain games does hit home to developers or publishers a little bit and realising that we're not going to stand for real, you know, real shady stuff. Because it's what it's getting. This Shadow War stuff is shady. Um, and I hope that, that will change. And uh, I, I just I just feel bad for the developers too because I'm like 99% sure they don't want this shit in their nope. games, man. They just they want to make a good game they, that people like and it sells. They just want their game to be played and enjoyed. So, you know, some of the interviews with some of these developers that are, have to, you know, they're being forced out there to, to toe the company line and you feel so bad for them because yeah. it is publishers you know, the developers aren't going to see any of that money from the leak crates. That's going straight into the publisher's pocket. So for them, they don't want to do this. And uh, Deus Ex did it as well, didn't they? They, they, that was forced upon them weeks before that game came out. And that's that's real shady. It's, it's bad for consumers and it's bad for developers. And those two groups and are the what industry. matters the most. Yeah. And that, and yeah. The sure. Sure. Well. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's a difficult I, topic. I, I, um, yeah, like, I would just say enough of that. I, you know, I just went on a little thing on that one. So, um, the final thing that I play that I'll talk about is FIFA 18, and that's a real overhaul. What they've done, they've. I mean, I go, no, you guys don't give two hoots about FIFA because you're American. But um, what is int- interesting is that um, this is the second part of. Hunter's Alex Hunter's story, which started last year in the journey, and it's actually quite interesting because he spends a lot of time in the new game uh, playing MLS, <laughs> which I thought was a wonder if that's uh, tried to appeal to the American audience. Yeah, no, no response here. I know no, you major, league, okay. major no. league soccer, right? For that's no, American yeah, that's league, it. okay. Yeah. So, okay, you guys don't give two hoots, but for the people who are listening that do, the animations have been tightened up. It's a far more fluid game than it's ever been. Very close to Pez in its fluidity, fast-paced. Uh, real good improvement. It's probably the biggest 
change I've seen since sort of 2006, 2007. So um, really well played. I'm enjoying it so far. It's just wild to me because this is a game that I certainly will never play out of my mm. own volition anyway. Um, but at the same time, considering the idea that this is a second part of a story arc for a character in a FIFA game is <laughs> amusing to me to no end. That's just it's, funny. They've done it. I mean, it's still a bit cheesy. And it is, it is just a series of training and uh, training games and football games intermixed with, you know, um, frostbite engine cutscenes and, and some choices that you make in regards to the character. Um, but it does offer a, another reason to keep playing it or another a, another mode to play. And as cheesy as it is, it's actually quite enjoyable to play through and make those decisions. Some of them are, doesn't don't count. Some of them actually do change the story this time around. So with this, the last one, it was just dialogue options that either... Um, you know, they either please the fans or please the manager, and you would have to juggle them because if you please a manager, he's more likely to start you. If you please the fans, you get more followers on Twitter. This time around, they've actually put some decisions that are called key moments, and they will. Uh, you choose one or two, one or two things, and that will affect how the story goes. What I find very interesting about this is that just like with a dialogue wheel, you choose left or right which option but it tells you what the effect will be it doesn't it's not it's not like a guessing like oh should i do that and then suddenly down further down the line something's going to happen that i'm not going to be aware of that it's affected it actually tells you what will happen <laughs> if you select that option which i just thought was a bit weird to do but you know it's enjoyable <clears throat> And now I'll stop talking and you can carry on. No, you're good. I, I just keep my mouth shut. No, I, I was curious about what uh, Ken and Drew thought about the thing that we're just talking about. Because that is a big point of contention with a lot of the the gamers nowadays. Uh, but you guys, I know what I know what Ken would kind of say because I've talked to him about it. But Drew, I have no idea what your angle on this whole DLC and loot crates and all this crap is about. Well, how do you feel? You know... I don't care. I mean, I'm not going to buy it. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, um, hold on. You're not going to buy the crates or you're not going to buy the game? I'm not going to buy the game. Okay. Um, at the same time, if it was in a game that I loved, so let's say Overwatch 2 happens, right? Uh-huh. And then they say, oh, well, you, you got loot boxes to get stuff that you can't get. While like playing it, it the game, it gives you like plus five percent more attack damage or some shit like that, right? You've just ruined Overwatch if you did yeah. that. Yeah. And um, I kind of just avoid those games. Like, it, it, there's there's free to play games out there that do it well, and then there's free to play games out there that do it horribly. And I play a Dungeon, lot of free to play games. Dungeon Keeper, anyone? I never played that one. Oh well, yeah, was, I, yeah, I know was, what's up that was, Yeah, a couple of years ago, that EA basically tried to replicate the success of Dungeon Keeper from that good old days, but mm-hmm. basically made it just real egregious. With you know, pay x amount of gems to get your minions to clear this out in ten minutes, as opposed to forty hours. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it was unplayable without spending money. Was the point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
And that's that's the biggest issue with free to play games is there's some that are straight free to play, and then there's some that, that you're really not. You're playing a demo until you have to pay. Well, that's that's uh, the thing. At least with free to play stuff on your phones, especially, you get to that point and you think, oh, okay, this game's crap. I'm deleting it from my phone. But when you're paying sixty dollars for a game to then have to buy microtransactions, that's when it gets a bit much. Yeah, no, that's that's stupid, mm. and and you shouldn't buy that fucking game. Uh, okay. What I find ridiculous is if you look at games like uh, Warframe, who have done a free-to-play model and actually made it successful. And I've played games on my mobile, I've said this before, where it's free, but I've had such a good time, I've bought something just so that the developer got money. I think that's cool. There are good, right ways to do this, and it's it just it's a shame that there is such a disparity between a good way and a bad way. There doesn't seem to be a happy middle ground. It seems to be either really, oh, that's quite good, or, oh, my God, that's terrible. Well, I mean, if you look at, like, a MOBA stance, um, Here's the Storm is completely free to play, and there's characters out there who, you know, you can either unlock with real game, real money or in-game money. Mm-hmm. And there's still a balance there because it seems like the progression is done in such a way where, yeah, you may not be playing a character that you like, but if you play like five matches, you'll be able to buy a character that you do like. Um, and they, those sort of things work, don't they? And I mean, you look at Dota as well; they have hats. As, that's how they make the money. But wait, um, no, uh, Dota is Dota is not hats. You're thinking about the Team Fortress. That's hats. What am I thinking of with Dota? Dota is the kind of like that. I think almost a perfect simulation of what microtransactions ought to be for a free to game. Every single character over 120 characters in Dota 2 are all free to every player without limitation. Okay, mm. but Everything that you can buy for money is entirely cosmetic. Okay. It's basically okay. exactly the same way, same way that Overwatch does it. It doesn't even have the forty dollar, you know, like entry yeah. fee at all. That's why Dota Two is kind of on its on a league of its own. Not to make a pun about League of Legends, but you know, there you have it. Fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Heroes of the Storm. Obviously, they make money off their stuff, but I have never spent a single dime, and I can't tell you how many hours I put into Heroes of the Storm. Mm. And still had a great time with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know. The, like the Shadow of War stuff. If I pay sixty bucks for a game, I don't expect to pay any more money, unless I, it's like expansion I, pass. I will say one piece. Okay. Just one say. Piece. Just saying. Yuffie. I think the hyperbole is sickening. Because it's just, sorry, it's just. Ugh. I love how Forts is in this conversation, and there are zero microtransactions in that game. Yet, but they're not there. And I've played that game okay. for fifteen hours, mm. and I have never once felt the need to spend money. I pre-ordered Shadow of War. I don't intend to spend a dime in that game. But locking the true ending behind... The, lo- the, the true ending is not locked for microtransactions. You can get it. With yes. a hell of a lot of grinding. Okay. That's not That's balanced. a poor That's practice. Balanced. That's a poor hmm. practice. That's not a reason not to play a game that I'm probably going to enjoy. That's no, my issue but, with that. You know, it's like... No. 
everybody acts like it's, it's like the worst thing that's ever happened. No, it's a shitty practice. There's shitty practices in every game. It's like the people with the conversation we had before you got on, John, about people boycotting a hat in time because Jontron's in it. If you boycotted every game that had a racist that worked on it or or did something with it, you wouldn't play any fucking games. Uh, that hasn't stopped Laura from playing it. She I don't it. know. I, I don't think that's. I don't think that's fair to say that every game has shitty tactics behind it. I don't no, think no, that's no. no. I didn't say every game had shitty tactics behind it. I'm just saying there's probably a shitty aspect to every game that's ever been made. But there are degrees. Of you know? course, but there's degrees. There's the, there's the John Tron voice actor, and there is gating. You know, or, or trying to make money off of your dead developer. No, in certain states. I'm not saying. See that, like John. John's point was spot on. There's no happy medium. I'm not saying these things are okay. That's not my point. My point is people overreact to this shit, and that's why I won't watch Jim Sterling because all he does is sit around and wait for something shitty to happen, whether it's whether it's a big deal or a small deal, so he can make a video to make money off of it. That to me well, is hilarious. He's, he's Patreon, uh, Patreon uh, driven, so I don't think he gets money per video. Cause no, but if he doesn't threats. make a video for two weeks about some shitty thing, whether it's a big deal or not a big deal, do you think the Patreons are going to keep paying him money? Depends on the Patreons, but I, I know what you're getting at. Sure, there is some aspect of it, and I, I agree with you on the past. There is a lot of people overreacting about smaller things. But I think when it comes down to certain practices that are that have clearly crossed the line, it 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 requires action. It requires you to think about what you're buying into. And I think for cases like Shadow of War and some other games, like I don't know, there's like the the initial Battlefront and how much of that game was gated away between expansion pass and all that jazz. There's a lot of things that you have to consider. But what you want your future of the gaming industry to be like? Because, like we said, you're voting with your wallet, and that's really the only vote that counts. So, if you keep buying these games, you keep kind of galvanizing these publishers to say, like, well, this game sold well. Clearly, this is a good practice for us, so we should keep doing it. No, So, I I think it does matter. If the game sells well, that doesn't mean the practice should, because I'm not going to spend a dime on the microtransactions. Which is where they would tell you if that, that actually worked. I'm not buying any. I didn't. I didn't spend a dime. I won't spend a dime in Forza. I didn't spend a dime in Destiny. I won't spend a dime in Shadow of War. I won't buy microtransactions. The only thing I buy, microtransaction wise, fucking Overwatch, and that's because I'm obsessed with the skins. And you've played a lot of that. You're getting value from that. Yeah, absolutely. The, the amount I, I, of hours you put into Overwatch is. But that's well, but that's can, not a. Have that, you bought Have you bought loot boxes? Oh in fuck yeah! I buy a lot bo- loot boxes all the time in Overwatch. Wow, <laughs> I I did not know that. And I, I bought I bought them as gift before too myself. Truthfully, I, I think Overwatch never... I think Overwatch should have been. I, I'm surprised more people didn't boycott that because of the loot box algorithm. Nobody <laughs> nobody seemed to boycott that game. Because it wasn't yeah. pay to win, it was entirely cosmetic. It has nothing to do with pay to win. They were. They it has were, everything to do with pay to win. No, the it does. People love loot boxes and events in Overwatch because of the skins, and their algorithm was terrible. You didn't get those skins unless you a played every single hour of every single day during that event, or you paid them for the loot boxes. And you know that's true. I didn't pay them for loot boxes. No, you did not. But I'm saying that's the same mentality. You can't pick and choose which one you agree with and which one you think is okay. No, no, I, I literally drew the line. 
right when you started. Pay to win is where I draw the line. Anything that you have to buy in order to have a have an advantage over your uh, you know opponents in a competitive game, that is not okay. That's where I draw the line. No, Dota you're... two, all cosmetics. You know, League of Legends has some pay to win aspects to it a little bit, but not too much. And I didn't buy any of those, and I stopped playing League of Legends because of that too. So there is a clear line of distinction to be made. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I understand that the algorithm for the the loot boxes was not good until they changed it, but I don't know. I I don't see how your point connects with the things that we're talking about. They're same concept, but they're very very different degrees. Well, I wasn't speaking to you personally. I was saying in general. Yeah, I understand, but I'm trying to understand what you, what, what the point is of what you're talking about. The point is, is that the people people want to bitch. That's that's the sure. long and the short of it. Sure, sure. I, I, Are you I saying that I'm bitching? No, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> I, actually, I, I am. You are bitching, John. Yeah. Yeah. All I can think about now is the <laughs> meme of Homer Simpson slowly disappearing into the hedge, and that's me. It was all you two argue. No, uh, no, 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 no. I'm the only one who shares this opinion, John, and and that's fine. I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't discount anybody who says they're not buying a game because of a practice. That's your choice. That's your thing. Mm. And yeah. you know, that's and that's it fine. my heart. I really wanted to. To play Shadow One, I will eventually, but I'm buying it pre-owned, um, and I won't give that that game a penny on microtransactions. Again, it was bad enough before they did the, the thing with their developer, but I just it it just seems to be that there is just it coming. There's too much of what we're seeing at the moment, and it's a, and again, this is my opinion, and everyone is allowed their own opinion, and you. you should, as uh, Jay says, you vote with your wallet, and as you say, all the only game that you put money into is Overwatch, and I I don't have a problem with that. You played a lot of Overwatch. You again, what dollar for uh, hour ratio? You're probably oh no, I'm down to like pennies on the on the hour. So I'm not. <laughs> it's a good deal. It's a good deal. Man. I'm not too concerned about the money that I've put into that game. That's yeah. So I, it's it just seems to be a, it's getting shadier that's the thing it's getting to a point where it's no longer about cosmetics and it's no longer about um ad- enhancing uh, the experience of uh of the game for somebody it's seen it's about breaking the mechanics of a game in order for them to make extra money and and it's i found it quite funny like when these reviews for shadow war started to drop um but before they did you had the developer coming out and saying, we balanced this, we didn't have loot boxes turned on when we did that. And you start seeing people saying, oh, no, no, you can you can get to the end of the game without loot boxes. In fact, there was no need for them whatsoever. And then you started seeing people realising that you, that unlocks a mode that then becomes this un, uh, just unending grind to get to the end without them. And that, to me, is hiding your true motives behind half of your game. Go, oh, the first half, oh, no, yeah, yeah. and then suddenly there's this wall that you hit. And that, to me, is it's the way that they do it that's frustrating and the, that angers me. If you want to put loot boxes in your game, it, I, I feel it has to be cosmetic only. You can't reduce the enjoyment of your game based upon how much extra money 
you're putting on, uh, you're having to put into it. And that's where I think it's nasty. Because had Warner Brothers not uh, to put loot boxes in, but it hadn't affected the gameplay, that's their choice. Because again, I can ignore them. But when it changes the difficulty of your game, that's a problem. And that's my opinion. Well, no, yeah. and there's yeah. there's a lot of opinions on this, and I think the truth of the matter is, is everybody's trying to figure it out, and the alternative yeah, to course, it, yeah. nobody's going to like it. You've heard it a thousand times. You want to get rid of loot boxes and microtransactions? 80 to to $100 games. Mm. Then, then yeah. None of that stuff exists. Developers get the money that they need to make back on these games because they're not cheap. Uh, and then I, people, I, I people can't afford... That. Yeah, people can't afford to buy a game because it's a hundred games are becoming far more expensive to develop for um the pre-owned market is still what it it means i think it's likely less people are buying more games now digitally but there is still that element of pre-owned where um developers aren't getting the money off of a sale and yes i understand that these are other avenues and in some aspects they are better than season passes because well depends on the developer because uh, you know, EA got a lot of heat with Battlefront 1 because they didn't say what was... And so did Warner, because they didn't... With uh, Batman, they didn't say what was going to be in the season passes, but they're quite happy to shout at you, oh, you know, pre-order your season pass. Um, it is... Loot boxes is another way that does eliminate these um, uh, season passes and things like that. Other revenues of income and uh, games as a service kind of thing. And yes, it's new. They need to figure it out. But things like Shadow of War are not doing the industry any favors. Well, I'm just glad we just kind of got that out of the system because that's been on the controversy, you know, radar for the last. No few one weeks, cares. So we'll no one out. cares what we think. Don't worry. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe so, but I think it's kind of cathartic to get our opinions out there because I think we have some good ideas. I, I completely understand where Ken comes from because he's just kind of tired of people kind of blowing things out of proportions. That is something that the internet does very, very well lately. Uh, yeah. But I'm also the, on the camp that sometimes things do go too far and you need to keep that shit in check. Otherwise, you know, we would have had things like online passes, uh, you know, uh, and other really terrible pa- practices really stick <laughs> yeah. around. Like, imagine if every online game required an online pass and then they were trying to mm. still kill pre-orders to say That would be terrible. Uh, for a lot of people like me that like to either buy pre-owned games or rent games before, you know, actually purchasing it later down the line. So, yeah, I think we need to be vigilant in, in the way where we have to really watch out and um, do do right by the industry and what it could become and not mm. let it spiral out of control. And uh, I think that's basically very, all there is to it. It will be very interesting to see how Shadow of War sells. It'll be very interesting. Yeah, I'm curious. There's a too. lot. There's a lot behind that game, though. Like that game shouldn't be coming out this month. Uh, yeah, it's it's, it's the time, least but... it's the least exciting game in a month of some of the most exciting games. <laughs> it will also be very interesting because Ubisoft's always been one for keeping their hands close to the chest. How loot boxes are going to work in Assassin's Creed, and if anyone tells me that loot boxes aren't going to be in there, I'm sorry, no, they they are. They've already, they've, they've already said they boxes. they've already said that they're in there, but they certainly don't gate the because you saw the the uh, the super easy mode where you can just walk through the game and explore ancient Egypt without any worries. That's kind of that's cool. like a discovery mode. Yeah, that's kind of sure. cool. Sure. Yeah, I think that's super cool actually. 
but it's it'll be interesting to see what there's how there's fair as well because I know that they've got the different varieties of loot and stuff. So it's it's either going to be a phase or it's here to stay. I just hope if it's here to stay, it's in a a more positive way. Yeah, these things always seem to self correct themselves because people do eventually either get to. I that's how I am. Like I don't look at it as like oh there's pay to win stuff in here like if i get to a point in the game where that stuff is required i just quit playing it that's just me though i, I don't think the industry is self-correcting because we still have now you have to buy cheats you know that used to be a thing that we used to put in our codes we used to put up up down down left right left, left. but now no you have to pay five dollars to get five thousand credits in a single player game well that's microsoft I, breaking that with achievements if you put in if you put in cheat codes, then the achievements pop, and then it's like, well, that's not really an achievement. That's just putting in a code. Did you notice the, one of the favorite things that uh, I'm not sure if you got this point, but the, in Near Automata, I think John, you played that game, right? No, I haven't actually. Yeah, I, I I thought one of us you, like finished. I haven't played that game. No, no. What I mean is, like, you get to this part where you basically finish the game entirely with all the things that you do. There's a shop. And basically, like a new game plus where you go into chapter select, and you can literally pay the in-game currency to buy the the trophies. Yeah, yeah, one, I knew that, but that's because nobody cares about trophies, Jay. Come on, they're the same thing. They're no, they're not. That's kind yeah, of like no, the, one, ca- no, no one cares on Steam because you can open a console up and unlock them. Yeah, you can just unlock them on Steam, and then let's let's be let's be honest. You know, trophy hunters are yeah. Achievement, the achievement system that Microsoft created is like locked down like Fort Knox. Like, if you get caught unlocking achievements that you didn't unlock, they will ban your Xbox Live account. It's like, it's so stupid. I, I used to love achievements, and now I hate them. I think they should be removed from every system. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they just just be able to be turned off. But anyway, what I'm what I'm saying is that there's a lot of things that we used to kind of take for granted, and not that is no longer the norm because people have accepted it. They didn't kick out much of a fuss. I remember one of the first games that really did the whole pay for cheats was like Rise. But whatever the Rome game, right? That was one of the first oh, yes. games that really introduced like buying cheat codes, where you get like advantages in, in a single player game. And then people didn't really care about that because that game wasn't that popular. And then nobody really gave a shit. <coughs> and then now this is the thing that's happening in basically every single player game, where you just buy cheat codes. And that shit is bad. It shouldn't have happened, but it is our reality now. So we can't just sit on our sit on our hands and say like, ah, it'll be fine. We don't we don't gotta worry about it. I don't think that's true. If you care about the industry, if you care about gaming as a whole, you gotta you gotta at least watch out for shit that is not on the up and up. I, I mean, I guess I can watch out for it, but I, I don't care. Unless well, you're proc. Yeah, you know, I, my like John said, my voice don't mean shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just play my games and have neither a good does, time. You know, neither does mine. Don't worry. Yeah, hey, I, man, this is. You vote you with your wallets, man. It, it I, I do, all day long. I, I don't buy microtransactions unless I'm an idiot and I spend a bunch of money on Overwatch loot boxes. But you know, <laughs> That's a story for me. How much money have you spent on loot boxes and uh, Overwatch? It's probably about $200. That's fine. Are you fucking serious? Yeah. 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 That is, you know, in the, in the scheme of things, that is even not even that much. I know people that have dropped over $1,000 in free-to-play games. So. Yeah, I never paid for the game. Like, it was sent to me as a code for free. So, you know, I've put my money back into it and then some. Right. But even even if you broke down how much I spent compared to how much I've played, I'm still at about $3 an hour. Because I'm about 600 hours into that game. So, yeah. It's true. Pretty true. But, you know, it, it is what it is. I, 
I don't know. I, I think to just to end this conversation, I think my biggest problem is is the internet chooses way too many hills to die on. <laughs> pick pick something that really matters. If you Shadow of War, I can see I can see people dying on that hill. Forza, fuck off. There's no microtransactions in that game. Has not had a problem playing. Like seeing it in the same conversation as Shadow of War makes me roll my eyes every time. Fucking Klepik did an article about it on Waypoint. I rolled my eyes. I'm like, you fucking kidding me. You guys just sit around and wait for this shit, and I hate it. I hate that about it. Legitimate consumers like Jay and John having a problem with that stuff doesn't bother me. It's the assholes that just sit and just just wait. Just yeah, they, wait they build their, their platforms around the outrage, and that's what they go for. Yeah, it's, and it's that's what I—that's what I hate. I can't okay. stand those people. Why are you in games? Because you clearly don't enjoy them. Because all you do is sit around and look for ways to complain about them. That's my problem. Game journalism. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'll wrap it up. I didn't play much that you guys didn't play outside of uh, Battle Chasers. I've put about another three hours into that. Did you talk about that last week? Yeah, I did talk about that last week. Um, that game finally started whooping my ass. I got into a dungeon with some enemies that were kind of one-shotting my <clears throat> my crew. Oh, man. So I'm, I'm back out. I think I'm going to do a little grinding. Need to get some potions. Need to uh, build up my mana because my healer. I have two healers now. I finally got a fourth party member, so I switched my big robot healer out for my little my little monk healer who like. What's the maximum party member? There's there? five characters in the game. How many can you have at once in the combat? Three. Three. Okay. Yep. Cool. So I switched the big guy out for the little guy because he does nice damage. He also has an ice attack that will freeze enemies a turn. So that's very helpful. What is that music? Oh, that might be me, sorry. Um, the other question I have for that, though, yeah. is... Um, let's say you switch out a party member. You got rid of your big robot guy. Mm-hmm. Um, no, he doesn't, say you, he doesn't level. Uh, <laughs> uh, why yeah. do that? Yeah. My, my interest in playing this game just went down greatly. Yeah, well, luckily use that character again. That's yeah, luckily it's only five characters, so swapping them in and out's not that bad. But uh-huh. yeah, it sucks because I was checking that because I just hit level ten with my three characters that I had in my party, um, and then I looked at him in my reserve and he was still at nine, and I'm like, ah. Yeah, that's that's rough. So yeah, but uh, no, I'm still really enjoying that game. I can't recommend it enough for thirty dollars. Um, if for nothing else other than Joe Mad's artwork, because it's Fucking glorious! Still uh, playing Cuphead. Still love that game. Oh, I did play that as well, and yeah. I I found it to be one of the most enjoyable co-op games I've ever played. That's oh, interesting. That's I hear it's a lot harder in co-op. Um, I I I don't haven't played it single player, so I can't really say. But Laura had picked it up, and uh, she'd played some of it. And she'd got to a certain point and then sort of struggled. And so I get home and we, we give it a shot together and we get through the whole of the first world, um, beating them on the harder mode. And it's just so much fun. Uh, normally, I'm a little bit of... I'm not great when it comes to co-op play because I get frustrated. But even with a game that that's you know, relatively quite difficult, it was a lot of fun with two of us. And yes, we died a lot and it took us quite a few times to learn the patterns, but... It was pretty good experience. Yeah, that game is that game just keeps on giving. Like every boss has new patterns and new ways to defeat them, and 
man, it, it's, I, a, it's a it's a spectacle, man. Each it boss, is. each level, it's amazing. I wish I could just sit back and watch it instead of playing it because it's just so beautiful, <laughs> so beautiful. But no, I I still really enjoy that. Game. I played a lot of Forza. Um, still really enjoying that game. And yeah, mostly everything we've talked about, I've played Steam World Dig Two. Really enjoying that. As somebody who did not finish the first game, in fact, I only played it for about an hour. Um, I'm really really enjoying the second one. Uh, and then I played a bunch of Star Wars Battlefront beta. Um, I'm not as high on it as John is. Uh, I think it doesn't feel as polished. Like, the first game felt really tight and polished, and this one feels like a multiplayer shooter. There feels like there's a lot more glitches and animation woes. and It, it is a beta, so hopefully those things will get ironed Yeah, out, but, but it's a beta of a game that comes out in like a month, so it's not really a mm-hmm. beta. It's a beta of the network code, but... Right. Yeah, that that... I don't know... Like, it's also extremely confusing. Like, there's a ton of menus, and they don't really explain themselves very well. Like, I don't know. Multiplayer shooters, I feel like you need to get in, explain to me exactly what I need to do, and don't confuse me with a bunch of crap. And I feel like this game does confuse me. So, I feel like it would take four or five hours of playing online to get accustomed to everything. Which is fine. That that gives it a little depth, but... It's overwhelming in the beginning where the first game was really like, Hey, here's what you have, here's what you need, jump in and play. So, I'll still buy it. It's Star Wars. I'm looking forward to the story because the story takes it bridges the gap between you know episode six and seven. That's very is it. A, is it actually a canonical story? They're saying it's going to be canonical. So okay, interesting. I, I am interested in that story because you know the events between six and seven are extremely interesting to me, being a Star Wars fan. So, but no, I'm enjoying that game. And then uh, I don't think I've played anything that's not that I can't talk about. Um, but uh, this week I'm going to be playing a lot. I did pre-order Shadow of War, so I'm going to go pick that up. Uh, well, technically tonight, since you're listening to this on Monday, my GameStop is doing the 9 p.m. thing. So I'm going to go pick that up. Uh, I'm also going to be playing The Evil Within is out this week. Oh, I'm so excited for this game, man. I uh, Bethesda actually emailed me and told me we are getting code today. Really? Yeah. That is what's happened with Bethesda. Are they are they going back on their word? I don't know. Monday before thing. They literally sent me an email and said we're giving you a code on Monday so that you can talk impressions and stream it up to launch on Friday. That is new. Yeah, I was shocked because I was expecting to get the code Thursday night or Friday morning. Yeah, yeah, that's what they said that they were going to do with all Bethesda published games. So. Maybe they're they're going back on their uh, little little stance there because uh, it wasn't really received too well. Yeah, I, so I don't know. Okay. So that's that, that and Shadow of War, the big releases this, this week. Uh, also out this week is Cyber Dimension Neptunia Four. Goddess is online. <laughs> yeah, baby. Uh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy Episode Four. I swore that was done. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm done with that game. I, I thought it was first <laughs> I thought it was all out. I, yeah, you know what I was thinking the other day? Telltale game that would do really well that I would actually play. Leisure Suit Larry. <laughs> That's a really interesting idea that I don't know why they don't do. Anyway, um, I don't think. You know, you know how it is with nudity and vulgarity. Yeah, and that type but if you got, market. you know, if you somehow got Aloe back to do like the the humor, like, I I don't, I don't have a history with that game series. Yeah, that like the original games were really just funny. They were more about the humor than they were about the nudity. 
and that's what I enjoyed about those games. Uh, Raid World War Two. I actually had to look up what this was. It's a first-person like shooter horde mode up to four players. Really? Yeah. It's kind of weird. Uh, Raiden 5, the director's cut, limited edition. So that's out. Summon Night 6, Lost Borders. I'm interested in this series because this is, this, is, this is a JRPG I've never touched. And those are rare because I try to at least try out every JRPG that comes to the States. But it's coming out in October, so I'm yeah. not going to play it at uh, least for another year. The King of Fighters 14 Special Anniversary Edition. Huh. I still love that game. Uh, Toho Kabuto 5 Burst Battle. Nope. Okay. Rocket League, The Fast and the Furious. Is that like a paid DLC? Uh, yes. Okay. Also, there's Fast and the Furious cars in Forza 7. I got one yesterday. Which one? I don't know. I don't, I'm Does not it gonna... come with a Vin Diesel driver? I wish. Oh, I wish Vin Diesel would talk because sometimes when you're playing that game, they do like little voiceovers from different people, mm-hmm. like one of them from like Top Gear and stuff like that. I wish he would come over when I'm driving that car and be like, "I don't worry about it. This car goes real fast. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. A quarter mile at a time. I can't. I am ten seconds. I'm free. I can't do Vin Diesel. Nobody can do Vin Diesel. Nobody can do Vin Diesel. Yeah, so Vin Diesel. pretty rough. Yeah. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth physical release. Mm. <laughs> like no one plays that anymore. It comes out on Friday the thirteenth. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh Evil Within Two, which we already talked about, and WWE two K eighteen if you bought the early version. That's one mm. of those games that if you buy it the big stupid edition, you get it on Friday. As opposed Great. to Tuesday. Well the rich person's edition. Yes, like Forza had one, mm-hmm. Battlefield had one. Yeah. Uh Iron Wings. And, yep. Tony Shalhoub's yep. career. Sorry. Uh, Danger Zone. <laughs> Danger Zone. That's that. That, should, uh, that sounds like that should be the subtitle for Iron Wings. No, Danger Zone was that uh, game made by the former Criterion guys. It's basically the crash mode. Remember, it came out on PS4 and PC a while back. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Nobody remembers that game. I know it's coming out on Xbox One this week. Uh, actually, I have been playing that on Xbox One. I forgot I had that. Sorry. But I can't talk about it anyway because you know it's a game coming out that's already out. So, you know. No, you can't. You can't talk about those, man. No, those are top I never no. played it on PS4, so I can't even comment on that version. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Deadbeat Heroes. Uh, shine, nope. shiny, shiny. That's that game that I didn't like. Yeah, from the PC. It's coming to console yeah. this week. Oh, shiny. It's a little that. robot. Puzzle game, if I remember correctly. It was broken a lot on the PC version. Mm. Frame rate was terrible, I remember that. Decay, the mayor. I actually played that on PC a little bit. It was it's kind of this atmospheric adventure game. Well, I think it's first person? I'm not hundred percent. But it was actually kind of interesting. I didn't beat it, but uh what I what I played of it I liked. A uh, bunch more indie games dropping on the Switch this week, and by a bunch I mean a bunch. Uh, Oxen Free. That's uh, a good game. 88 Heroes, 98 Heroes Edition. <laughs> what? I, that's what it's called. That's a good tag. I like it. Uh, Soldam, Drop, Connect, Erase. 
All right. Uh, Tiny Barbarian DX. Uh, okay. Toho Kabuto 5 Burst Battles also coming to the Switch. I did not know that. Of course, I still don't know what that game is, so there's that. Probably, it's a Toho game, so it's probably some kind of a shooting game. It's probably got some uh, anime girls that are like 12 in it. But they're actually like a thousand years old? Yeah, that's yeah, the, yeah. yeah, something like that. Uh, Super Beat Sports. Uh, the Flame and the Flood is coming to Switch. I keep hearing that game is really good. I have not played it yet. I reviewed it. It's, it's quite good. Really, it's really good. Uh, Wolverblade. I don't know Wolver spell that for me. W U L V E R B L A D E. Wolverblade. That is not spelled the way I thought it would. But okay. Uh, this next game sounds like one of the PC games that I would call out because of a funny name. But this is coming to the Switch. It's called Yono and the Celestial Elephants. <laughs> celestial elephants. Yeah. Nothing like Same. some celestial elephants, you know. Alright, to the PC games with great names, we have... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Pigeon so, Fight. Oh, wow. Okay, Pigeon oh. Fight. Pigeon Fight, that's pretty good. Uh, unrested Development. How about that? Yeah, yeah. That's not bad, yeah. actually. That's, that's, that's not bad, yeah. Uh, Magic Matchstick. Okay. How about Bitcoin Collector, colon, Spinner's Attack. Oh god, that sounds like a <laughs> All right, nightmare. That's pretty meme I like it. Oh <laughs> god, this Valentine Panic. That's coming out this week. Alright. The, the names of these games, man, they're killing me. Oh, uh, let's do some news. So, speaking of that $200 I've spent in Overwatch, there's a new Halloween event starting on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. I haven't played Overwatch in like a month, but I, I will <clears> play on Tuesday. Guaranteed. I played Overwatch and Injustice both got ample playtime for me this week. Um, especially since Injustice did the uh, CW premiere events. Mm -hmm. So there was gear for Supergirl, Firestorm, and The Flash, which is pretty cool. Mm. Um, but the Overwatch skins are Halloween-themed, of course, and Zenyatta is Cthulhu, and I will have to get that skin. Yeah, that's. I have enough coins to buy at least two legendaries, and that will be one of them if I don't just get them natively. Yes, yes, yes. Those skins look pretty good. I'll be interested to see if they add the uh, Junkrat thing. The Junkenstein's Revenge? Yeah, yeah, or if they put a new one up. I um, wonder if it'll be the same thing or they'll have a new event. I hope it'll be <clears> a new event, but I, I really did too. enjoy it. The Junkenstein Revenge was awesome. I played that yeah. for like a week. I hope they so. did what they. I hope they do what they did with the summer games too, and bring back last last year's Halloween skin so we can buy them now. Uh, that's that's already uh, verified. That's okay, cool, yeah. cool. Because yeah. I think there's a couple oh. that I missed from last year. Uh, if you missed the Anna skin, Anna skin's pretty great. No, I, got, I have that one. I have that uh, that's one. great. Yeah. yeah. Of course, I have Junkenstein because of course I do. Um, hey, did, did anybody download Gran Turismo Sport demo? Oh, I have downloaded okay. it, but it doesn't go live till tomorrow. Wasn't it like 45 gigs? It was huge, yes. It's fucking insane. 45 gig demo, really? That's, That's like the full game, I reckon. Oh, I forgot to mention I played and saw an Xbox One X. Oh, okay. so your tweet. Yeah, I went to Best Buy. and uh, so what, what exclusive game did you play that was really exciting? Forza 7. Yes. Oh wow, four to seven. You can't play that anywhere else. That must have been. Don't really start with your PC bullshit. I had the same <laughs> asshole on Twitter last night. Oh, I love it. It's fun. Same okay. asshole on Twitter who just doesn't understand people don't like to play games on the PC. 
Forza 7 is also on Xbox sucks. One, right? That's what I'm saying. Is you know yeah. people think that, oh, it's on the PC? Yo, fuck off! Like, <laughs> like seriously, I'm so tired of that argument. You, you, hey man, I, I'm I'm all down for letting people enjoy the things that they enjoy for whatever illogical reason that they have. It's just fine. Yeah, see, some fuckers like Shinmu and the Last Guardian. I don't know, <laughs> stupid people. Uh, <laughs> but no, I got to see the system. Man, it's a lot smaller than I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. So they, they tightly packed a lot of hardware. Yeah, into that thing yeah. is really small. And then like seeing Forza Seven run at 4K 60. Holy shit! Nice. It it looked really good. I was really impressed. I'm I'm excited. Less than a month, baby. Whew! Did they have it at the GameStop kiosk? Or no, what? no. Was it Best Buy? Best Buy had a whole section uh, right mm-hmm. next to the PlayStation area, which was great. Um, but they had the system running. They had two TVs on the side showing different games. They were giving away T-shirts and wristbands and stuff. It was a big thing, actually. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Big, big crowd of people around it. It was cool. Um, uh, what else is going on? Yeah, but the Grand Turismo demos this week. Um, mm. I'm, Be cool to see how that looks. I'm very I'm interested afraid. in how that game turns out because it's such a weird sixty dollar not real Grand Turismo. Mm. Uh, no, you're not wrong there. Yeah, it's just it's. I hope it's great. Like Grand Turismo fans, I feel like have been screwed for the last few iterations and. They have, and if you're a Gran Turismo fan, you have to be patient, right? So yeah. You've been waiting. So like you're, time. so like, and how crappy is this one? Like, if this one's not numbered, like, when does Gran Turismo Seven actually come out? Probably <laughs> right before PlayStation Five comes out. You know, yeah. that's how that's how it does. Did you really just say 2020, John? You think they're gonna turn around another Gran Turismo in three years? Oh, sorry, my back. <laughs> <laughs> what was I thinking? I don't know, man. Eric, you're crazy. Uh, Nintendo has announced that they're pushing Switch production up to 2 million systems a month Wow That that I believe because I've seen uh, I'm For example I just bought mine straight up from Amazon I don't have to do anything special It was available I just picked it up And they, they got here in same day delivery So you know that's not just for Prime members now So you can just buy it from Amazon I think that is like the limit for when something is readily available If you can just buy it straight from Amazon It's available to everybody So that's good yeah, yeah, I think. And uh, and and, uh, and John, what are you playing, man? You're you're way loud. That's not me. It's probably me. What are you playing? What are you playing? I'm playing Overwatch. <laughs> are you serious, man? I am. It's not even the fucking event yet. I know. God damn it. Oh, uh, but uh, I still think the Nintendo Switch will be the best-selling system this this fall by far. Yeah, I, I believe you, man. I mean, how are you going to beat that Mario Odyssey? Oh god! This is and finally, people can actually buy the system just outright. So. Mm-hmm. That thing's going to be a juggernaut this fall. Uh, it's it's a very quiet week for news. Um, we're getting into actual games coming out instead. Of, usually, always slows down. Yeah. So any, any any exciting Destiny Two news about? Maybe Dude, there's all kinds of Destiny better. Two bullshit on here. I'm just <laughs> skipping over it. Uh, the Witcher Three has officially got a PS4 Pro patch, and the Xbox One X patch will be available at launch. I did watch a oh. comparison video of that. It's very significant. Very nice. Also, worth bearing in mind that if you are on the beta for the Xbox program, you can now select to back up your settings onto your external hard drive and download 4K updates ready for the X. Yeah, but they're not there yet. No, they're not there, but you have got the option. I, I already ticked my box, baby. 
Uh-huh. Already, already prepared. I'm nice. ready to go. Like I'm scared because I don't want to reinstall Gears of War four because it's currently at 94 gigs, and once the 4K patch goes, <laughs> you know, you know what game is also coming out in October that we haven't really talked about? South Park. That, uh, no, well, well, we I mentioned South Park, but Hidden Agenda by Supermassive, the guys that did uh, Until Dawn, is oh, coming out in October. Sequel, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. This is a different thing. It's, um, this is kind of like that PlayLink thing where you can play with your phone with a bunch of people. Oh, wait, I'm out. Well, you can play it that way. I think you can also play single player. <laughs> but um, I mean, I I like Until Dawn. I know everyone here also did. Oh yeah. Uh, it's yeah. So I'm actually curious about how this is going to turn out. Whether you use the PlayLink or not, I think uh, that's worth mentioning. I'm definitely check that out around the. Uh, the 24th before Mario Odyssey and Wolfenstein comes out. I'll see people's reactions to it, but it's certainly not on my radar. Okay. Uh, PS4 system update 5.0 is out. I mean, it's super exciting, isn't it? I didn't even notice a goddamn thing. <laughs> you can change you can ch- change the notification box to black now, which is a lot better. Well, the, the only thing the only thing that popped up so far of me like navigating around is where it said I could create custom friend lists. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. The 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 was it the, the quality of life update for being able to just see your notification just by pressing the button right away. Just your your yeah, quick that, link thing. But, That's pretty but nice. It's, but it's still their notification system is completely balked. They balked it up like a couple of updates ago where you can't just clear it down, and you have to go into downloads to then clear those. That's annoying. It just doesn't feel like a point oh update. Yeah, compared to the other ones, I, I don't think it's significant. They usually Being have. able to stream 1080, 60 frames per second on Twitch is nice. I haven't tested that out yet, but I will eventually. Yeah, it's just... I don't know. That was like a footnote for the new Xbox update, and then it's like the biggest feature for this PlayStation. It's just usually Sony does big stuff for the .0s. What, so, what more are we expecting at this point from firmware updates, though? Oh, uh, for PlayStation? I, I think mm-hmm. uh, folders within folders would be nice. I think that's something... <laughs> I mean, I'm getting to the point where I have too many games in the action or adventure category folders. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just do mine alphabetically. Yeah, so I'm like, I, I gotta... I need some more... Uh, I need some yeah, more. I, I do it by playing now and completed and, like, categories for, like, fighting games. When you complete them. No, sometimes I kind of like going back to some of them. I like to, like, there's multiple people playing some games sometimes. So I can't just delete it after I finish them. So, uh, yeah, that's how I do it. I don't know. There's there's a lot of quality of life stuff that I can't think of off the top of my head. Better sorting in the uh, library section. Now that my games are up over, like, two or 300, like, I feel like I need better sorting besides most but recent. Those things part- also sound like very, very small upgrades. I think we've gotten to the point where all the big stuff that is really necessary is already in there. So at this point, every update that we're going to get is going to be a bunch of small stuff, and I think that's probably what we should expect. I don't know. That Xbox update is huge. Like, if, if anybody's in it, it's incredible. It feels like Blades. It's so good. It's really Although, saying that, I spent an hour and a half last night because I swapped out my HDMI from my Xbox to my Switch, and suddenly the screen went blank and I thought that's a bit weird so I plugged the Xbox one back in and it wasn't recognising HDR yeah that was a bug and, yeah and I was like I spent an hour and a half trying to figure out what it was <laughs> and we set my settings on my TV because I thought it was my TV and then this morning I decided oh, I'll just I'll try another HDMI cable that didn't work I'll just restart my console worked you goddamn son of a bitch you're in a you're in a beta you should know there's <laughs> I know but it's like ah 
Yeah, it, it that was a, a glitch that uh, I was playing Forza Seven. Um, Justin came over one day. I was like, "You gotta see this game in HDR." And I booted up, and HDR didn't pop up on my screen. I'm like, "What <laughs> the hell?" I'm like, "Is my TV broken?" <laughs> oh, hey, Street Fighter Five's getting in arcade mode. Hey, Drew, I wanna hear this. I don't give a shit. You know what though? <laughs> that thing looks incredible. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. That's it? So, basically, they're breaking arcade mode into, like, six different modes. Mm-hmm. And it's themed off of past Street Fighter games. So, like, there's a Street Fighter Alpha arcade mode. There is a Street Fighter... Um, okay, Drew's leaving. Bye, Drew. Yeah, gotta, gotta go to work. Sorry, guys. Bye, Drew. It's all Bye, good. Drew. Um, nah. But they're doing themed ones. Like Typical a, that Street Fighter 3. Street Fighter, Street Fighter talk, uh, talk, and then he leaves. Mm. Yeah, he's like I, he's, he's allergic to Street Fighter. Just well, he can't, he can't, uh, he can't break his Capcom contract, you know. <laughs> but no, it, it sounds really cool. Um, they are releasing a new version. It's called Street Fighter Five Arcade Edition, you know, because you know, they said they'd never do that, but they're doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all the stuff that they're adding is free. So if you have Street Fighter Five, you'll be able to just download the new modes and stuff. So. Uh, the new version comes with both DLC packs, all of the new content, and it's 40 bucks. That game is finally worth purchasing in January. Almost two is, years after it came out. Is it too little too late at this point? Uh, I don't think for the, the fighting game community. I think that mm-hmm. game will continue to go, but I think as a, I think Injustice and Tekken and Dragon Ball uh, have eaten that game's lunch. So Okay. I think for the mass market, I think Injustice was the king, Tekken was pretty good, and I think Dragon Ball is going to do well. Dragon Ball, I think. I've never seen this much excitement for a new fighting game that is still so many months away from actually being released to the public. Yeah. When is that out? Yeah. No, it's it's, uh, not going to be out until 2018. February, I believe. But the thing is, the excitement and people, the positivity around the Dragon Ball fighters, I've never seen such... Positive vibe for any fighting game. I'm ever. excited for it, and I hate Dragon Ball. I yeah, played. That, that I is, played the beta. I played the beta, and it's super fun. Yeah. Uh, I thought I had something. Speaking of fighting games, I had a good seg, and then I fucked it up. Actually, I do. Speaking of fighting games, uh, the first DLC pack for Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite drops on the 17th. Will feature Monster Hunter, Black Panther, and oh, help me, help me. What's the third one? Mm-hmm. I, I know this, but I forgot. I forgot what it was. Oh, uh, Sigma. Sigma. Sigma, Sigma yeah. 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 So that first pack drops on the 17th. Uh, we'll talk about that then because we all got codes for the season pass. <laughs> nice of Capcom to send it to us. I yeah, was no, no. In checking out Monster Hunter. Yeah, so I, I will. that will give me a reason to boot that game back up. I enjoy that game. I still think it looks like garbage. Yeah. Uh, and I, think plays, plays I haven't even game. played it. Yeah, like play, playing-wise, that game is fun to play. So, it is. Uh, I had another story here. Where to go? Where to go? Oh, the Xbox One X. So Microsoft's been doing this a lot lately, like the little the little note inside the analog stick and all that <laughs> stuff. Uh, so on every motherboard of the Xbox One X is a picture of a scorpion with Master Chief riding on its back. Ah, that's pretty great. That's kind of fantastic. That's a good Easter egg. Yeah. Um. I had something else. Uh, we talked about Volition last week, right? They laid off a bunch of people. Yes, we did. Uh, I saw the sales numbers for that game. Mm. 
Agents of Mayhem, right? 67,000 copies of that game were sold. <gasps> wow, that's That is not that good. Is yeah. That's that's Neptunia numbers, guys. Yeah, Come that's on. bad, bad. Like, I expected it to be like a couple hundred thousand, but 67,000 copies. That's... The shame is, is that that's the end of the studio at that point, isn't it, really? Yeah, they should have just... What are going to do after this? They should have just done Saints Row 5. Hmm... Injustice 2 has announced its next DLC character, the first one in Fighter Pack 3, and it's the Atom. And he looks cool as shit. I'm sorry, he looks super cool. Is he the one played by Brandon Routh? Yes, but this will not be Ray Palmer. This will be Ryan Chin. Which is what I don't understand that. Well, it's it's just like there's different flashes. There's different Batman. Oh, right. There's two Atoms. This is the one that took over after... Ray Palmer. So, um, PlayStation says tune into Paris Games Week because we're going to have big game announcements. Okay, Tokyo Game Show was fairly light on big announcements, mm, so yeah. it would be interesting to see if they got. But at, at the same time, we all know they're saving for the PlayStation experience. That's going to be the big thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. That'll yeah, be that's their... going to be the big, big, big stuff. But Paris Games Week has kind of become their Gamescom. Mm. So that's that's uh, end of the month, isn't it? Yeah, I believe it's like the 29th of October. Mm. Uh, I think that's really about it. Uh, PlayStation VR had a new model. I think we talked about that last week. God damn it! It's like the model I'd like because of the HDR part. Yeah, and the box doesn't work Sucks. on old models. No. Yeah, it's yeah. That's that's, that's the that's the worst second. part about being an early adopter for first generation model. Man, they always make the big improvements in the second generation. Yeah, yeah. it just feels like if you could firmware upgrade the PS4 original to do HDR, why couldn't you firmware update the <laughs> the box on the VR well, to HDR? I guess faster. there's a reason, but it's sure, I'm sure there's a technical reason why it can't be done, but it's. It just really kind of sucks because that thing is not cheap. Yeah, uh, and people who are buying that probably have disposable income and probably do have HDR TVs. You know. <laughs> anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, we got some emails. All right. First one comes in from Daryl. <laughs> the email is entitled Two Cups, One Screen." Uh, hey guys, just wanted to clarify about the development of Cuphead. In a nutshell, the team basically started with around four family members and was supposed to be a Mega Man-like eight-boss game where you would select the boss and fight. That's it. Well, then they moved on to making it a bigger game with more bosses and an overworld. The team grew in 2015. They decided, probably with Microsoft's urging, to add the run-and-gun platform platforming levels. At this point, the team grew to a whopping 15 people. The real reason why it took so long is that every frame of animation is hand-drawn exactly in the same style and method as they did in the 1930s. This involved drawing the frame of animation on tracing paper and then drawing the next frame of animation on the page on top of it, flipping the sheet back and forth to get the small bit of movement, then inking those pages and finally coloring those pages. This resulted in a painstaking animation that was 24 frames a second, which they said they somehow converted to 60 FPS. Not sure the technical way they did that. Uh, it was not sprites that they were animated, but actual hand-drawn pages. They originally started digitally drawing the animation, but they said it did not look right. So they took the plunge and animated everything by hand. Amazing. That's all I have to say. Happy gaming. That is technically super impressive that they did that. Yeah, and that also explains why it was so time-consuming. Yep. Mm. 
Michael sends in an email that says, Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain is free on PlayStation Plus right now. I've just got to use... That right price? Uh, shut up, John. Uh, I've just got to <laughs> use y'all's podcast <laughs> as a platform for a second to say, if anyone out there hasn't still hasn't played this game, this is your chance. Take it. Yes, yeah, right price. Yeah, absolutely. Cheap fucking Brits over you, there. You haven't played uh, Metal Gear Solid Five yet, John? Yes, that's why I said it's the right price, because I thought that game was dull as dishwater. Okay. Well, he just lost all credibility on this show. Well, no. That happened years ago. I, I know. It's yeah. also a point, but no, I think that um, that series was amazing, but that game was not a justifiable end to that series. Uh, Twitter, 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 Twitter. We're going to the Twitter. Um, Adam tweets in and says, Yes, I agree. Keep all those cans open. It's what makes this podcast so great. Omega Boost. What cans are they? I don't know what he's talking about. Okay. Uh, he also says, Hey, just wondering if you guys have any go-to, easy-to-cook snack recipes. That's a good question. I, I enjoy some... I keep... Uh, whenever I go like grocery shopping, I buy like fresh bread. Uh, some bread that generally... Some bread types generally keep well. So I make my own garlic bread. And I think that's my kind of like favorite snack food. It doesn't take too long to actually make garlic bread. You just got to dice off some uh, garlic. You got to get some butter. You got to, you know, get some seasonings for, like, peppers and stuff like that a little bit. And just put it in the oven, you know, at, like, 350 for about 12 minutes. You can put some cheese on it, too. So He did, it, say, he did say easy. This is pretty easy. I mean, we're talking about maybe, like, 15 minutes of prep and cook time. So I think that is pretty simple. But, I mean, if you're talking, like, microwave food, if you... You know, if you want to go that route, that's okay. But I, I kind of swore off like hot pockets and such. They don't, they don't. Not because I hate them, but I think they don't. They're just not good for my stomach. So I, I stopped eating those. Can't be a great pot tart. Hot pockets. So I have the best recipe for a snack. You put your fucking shoes on. You get a, you get your keys, and you go to the drive-through. <laughs> That's okay, too, but if you're going to go that route, you might as well order delivery. I'm lazy. I, the only delivery I have near me is pizza. So, like, I, uh, I love pizza, I do, but I get tired of the same two places that will deliver to me. So, I, yeah. I, I, just, I just found out this is the funniest thing. This is a story that I have to tell. All right. So, there's a chili place. Like, chili is big where I live. There's several fast food chili places, some of them very popular. Uh, one of them started serving burgers. So I said to myself, I've never eaten at this chili place, but I'm going to go try their burger. Their burger is fucking dynamite for a fast food burger. Okay. <laughs> like, I have a McDonald's near me, and this is going to win nine, 99 times out of 100 for me to go get a burger. Mm. A chili place has a better burger than McDonald's. Well, it's McDonald's. But um, do they have, like, a chili spin on the burger? I'm curious. You can get a chili cheeseburger. Um, You can also get, like... pretty swell. Yeah, you can also get, like, chili cheese fries with it. Uh So, whew. But, yeah, it's... uh, I was shocked. And uh, now that I'm talking about it, I think that might be what I have for lunch. (laughs) Nice. What about you, John? You got any cool recipes? No, I don't... um, No, I just take something in the microwave or just crisps. All right. I'm not, I'm not super, Are I'm those not French super. fries or potato chips? Oh, the potato chips. Okay. Sorry. I didn't understand what crisps are. My uh, bad. That's right, because chips are fries. 
for you fuckers, right? Yes, they are. <laughs> fries are fries as well. So he calls so chips like, crisps and chips are fries. Okay, whatever, John. Yeah, sorry. We Learn how fries. to speak English, John. Jeez. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Mookie says, I think I've had it. Too much useless information I'm getting with these influencers and it's killing me. I'd rather stick to gaming. I, I think he's right there where you are, Duncan. Yeah, he's on the same train as me, brother. Mm-hmm. I, I hear you, man. <sighs> these motherfuckers. Uh, Cozy Guest wants to know any chance of a Halloween episode, perhaps a theme based on the best horror games to play with a scare factor rating out of 10. Oh, God, man. That's a good, uh, that's an interesting perspective because they're not going to be doing a Halloween thing for Phoenix Town because they're oh doing the God, Cock and Robot thing. I fucking told him. Hey man, we're having a good time. You get one, you get one chance per year to do Halloween. Hey, hey, Halloween is so great that you can have it in November. Okay, that's how that's how amazing it is. But I like the idea. I wouldn't mind it. I love horror games, so I have plenty to talk about. Oh, we'll have plenty to talk about next week when we talk about the Evil Within too. Yeah, baby. Looking forward to playing that this week. Looking forward to. Is everyone looking forward to that? Because from I've not played the first one, but that got real. It's ass-kicked in reviews. Uh, I think that game had a... I think the reason people are excited about this one is the first game had great ideas and premise, but it right. had a lot of growing pains. Okay, because I see a lot of people getting super excited. Thinking, but isn't this meant to be quite bad? And well, it's like, well, I, I never played it. It was, so it was never bad. No, no, no. Okay, Evil Within okay. was never bad. But the thing is, is you get excited when there's a new horror game from, you know... Well, he's not directing at this time. Yeah, he's not directing at this time, but you don't get a whole lot from his team. Fair enough. I just wondered why. I'm not not casting any judgment on it, um, because I haven't played the first one. Why why did you not play the first one? Because of the bad word of mouth? Because he doesn't like horror games. And I'm not a huge horror horror. game lover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't like horror games, it's not going to change your opinion about the genre. It's um, it did sort of intrigue me because it looks visually cool, but I, whether or not it's the sort of game that I would actually sit down and play because I'm a pussy, I don't know. <laughs> Isn't that you offensive I mean? to say? No. And uh, I'm pretty no, sure there are no, there's not going to be any loot boxes in Evil Within. So you don't know that. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But, but I would wager that there's not. There might be flashlight don't, upgrades in loot boxes. Don't, don't. Don't There's going to be a lot of brain juice. It, it, you know what? You know what, John? You might as well just leave it alone because our last tweet's about loot boxes. So we're going to get back to it anyway. I think I got my. I think I got my favorite tweet when I sent out the tweet this morning. The reply. This comes from I think you pronounce it not. N H A T. It just says, "What show?" From you tweeted it from the F4G radio. Yeah, I tweeted uh, the show starts in thirty minutes. Get your tweets in, and the reply was, "What show?" (laughs) Okay. Was he a follower of the show? No, I don't think he follows the. the, I don't even know how he saw it. I just. I think people search like specific tags, and then they go through things. Because I've gotten replies from people that are not following me all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's. uh, I don't know. Amazing. Yeah, it was weird. That so might my, 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 be my favorite tweet. Like, what show? Santa? We still don't know. And if you listen to this, I'm sorry I pronounced your name wrong, but we still don't know what kind of show it is, but whatever. Daniel. I think that's how you said Donna Hell? D-A-N-I-J-E-L? I know I'm butchering this, so I apologize. 
what the fuck is going on with all these loot boxes? They're changing the design and mechanics of games because of it. Are you? Are they ruining our games? Well, <laughs> we're ruining about an hour, and we'll go through it with you. Yeah, yeah. I think if you are listening to get our take on that, you've gotten the hot take. That is, no, you know, we we um, spoke about loot box for like forty minutes. Uh, I mean, I think the time was deservedly spent because it's as you know, as as the Twitter comment kind of points out, people do care about it. You know, they're interested in it. So hopefully we answer some of your questions about how we feel about it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'll be interested to see where it goes. Right now, I'm not bothered by. Th- the games themselves, I'm not bothered when they're in there unless they ruin the game for me, and I don't know that until I play them. Um, I usually try not to take the internet collaboration too much to heart because, as I said, I'm tired of everybody being negative. But there are generally, you know, I'm not one of those people that get mad when a review for a game comes out that scores lower because I'm excited about it because I haven't played it yet. So... And from what I saw, the Shadow War reviews were actually pretty good. I was kind of shocked. <laughs> yeah, it's gotten very good reviews so far. I don't know what the actually. I guess I could check quickly check Open Critic and what it's at right now. Yeah, I've got a. Uh, let's see, Shadow of War is at eighty four. So that's a very very that's good. That's pretty score down good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to put that into perspective, Forza Motorsport Seven has gotten eighty five. Cuphead has gotten eighty eight. So you know, a lot of games getting their eighties. So that's nice. 2017 continues to be the year. Yeah. yeah. All these, and then upcoming, Evil Within, South Park, WWE, Assassin's Creed, Super Mario Odyssey, Fire Emblem Warriors. Really I, looking forward to South Park. It's going to be awesome. I really want to play Divinity Original Sin 2. Like you ain't I got no to, time for that. I, know, I talked to Sophie about it when we were <laughs> playing a bit of Destiny. It's like, it's so good. But I'm like 60 hours in and I'm not, I'm not finished with the game. I'm like, I can't play it. I can't do it. Yeah, yeah. Why you know? Why play fucking Stardew Valley again? You know, on the fucking Switch, like a like a fucking hidden. I I don't deserve good games, man. <laughs> the three, I'm irresponsible. The three games of 2017 that oh, scored boy. over 90: Legend of Zelda, The Breath of the Wild, 96 percent. Yeah. Persona 5 at 94 percent, and Divinity Original <laughs> Sin at 93 percent. I gotta play Divinity, dude. I gotta make time for it. Oh my god, those three games! Like, oh, I don't, I don't man. know that anything can top Breath of the Wild this year. I'm surprised. Near Automata almost has a 90 as a congratulations. That's pretty surprising. Neo right has an, Neo has yeah. an 88. I think Neo deserves more. That's I that. that's that's insane. Robo Recall has an 88, and I played that game. I don't know why that's 88. I, I don't. What's well, Robo Recall? I don't even v, know what it's game a VR is. game. Oh, that's where I know the network from, yeah. Yeah, I played that on my Oculus, and it's cool. Like, it's really neat, but... I've never also heard of Lone Echo. What is this? Lone... Another VR game? Lone Echo. I don't know what that is. It's, it's got, a, like, an 88 or something. Huh. 89. Ridiculous. I wish they'd bring Hollow Knight to uh, Xbox. Uh, it's coming to Switch, so I'll probably play it there. Um, yeah, very, very good game. I've heard it's good. I want to play that. I don't know what Paradigm is either. That's up there. Mm-hmm. What Remains of Edith Finch, that's not for me. Yeah, but I think that's one of uh, the standouts of this year, too. When I talk about my top ten games, that's going to be on the list for sure. Was that this year? Yeah. Yep, Edith Finch was this year. Yeah. 
I thought it was like a couple of years ago. I think my favorite my favorite <laughs> comment the other day was somebody was like, oh, it's a shame Resident Evil 7 didn't come out this year. I'm like, it did. It did. It, it came out this year. Oh, my God, January, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, we forget about, like, there's been two Yakuza games this year. Holy crap. Yeah. This, this year this year is the year of the bonkers, uh, man. It is. Uh, I can imagine that our game of the year show is going to be like, Five hours long, dude. I, we're gonna. We might have to break it into three this year. We usually do two. We might yeah. have to break it into three. I might have to do oh, my yes. own fucking show because <laughs> long. <laughs> no one's gonna listen to it, but I'm gonna need my own like show for, oh, for like my. three hour variety thing I'm gonna go for. We cannot spend a lot of time talking about the games on our list because we'll never stop talking. Oh, it's so good. There's Look at been, all these games, man. And you know what's scary is I could already write three top ten lists for 2017, yeah. and there's enough it's... games coming out between now and the end of the year that I could write another another ten. Yeah. Scary, good, you, good time to be a gamer, man. Good time to be a gamer, sure. There's certainly no reason to be a miserable fuck, but, you know... Whatever. Anyway, that's the show. If you want to tweet at us, we're at M4G Podcast. Um, even if you want to just ask what show we're talking about, that's cool too. Um, if you want to follow us individually, Drew was at DML Fury, but he's gone, so don't follow him. Uh, we have Jay at Bottom Side Jay and John at John WUK. You can follow me on the site at ZTGD. You can also send us emails. We like emails. Send those to podcasts at ZTGD.com. We'll read them on the air. We'll talk about them. We'll talk about them. And Phoenix Downs running Duncan Rampa version three because it's Halloween. Hey man, there's some spooks in Duncan Rampa too, man. You don't know. I uh, no, I don't. I will never play know. one of those games. We're we're having a great time. We we did the uh, the first episode covering the prologue and the first class trial. The next one we'll be doing is chapter two and chapter three. So if you'd like to play along or if you play the game already and if you're interested on some takes from people that are playing for the first time and me as the moderator kind of leading them along, I asked them some really difficult questions uh, at the end of each show to try to get their predictions or who, you know, who might survive, you know, like what's really happening in the overarching storyline and we have a great time. So join us there if you'd like. All right. Well, there you go. We'll be back next week to talk about The Evil Within 2, some Shadow of War, some more Shadow of Controversy. We'll, we'll see. I, will be, I, I won't be here. Yeah. I'll be, watching, I'll be watching the Game Grumps. Oh, that's right. You're going to see them, aren't you? What, it's, uh, are they doing a live thing or something? They, they tour yeah, the world, London. yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. Cool. Yeah, they do live shows. Are, are you going to see them with uh, Septic Eye? Yes. Yeah, that's the European tour. Oh. All right. Say hi to Danny for me. Will do. <laughs> anyway, that's the show. Unless anybody has anything else? We out, man. Nope. We out. The fuck out. All righty. And it goes something like this. Interesting episode.